what's out there. That's why I'm a girl. Hi, and welcome back to Wild Dream, where we give you the freshest takes on the latest movies. My name is David. And my name is Daniel. And once again this week, we are not giving you fresh takes on any latest movies. We deceived you. We've deceived you. You idiot. You've been <laughs> deceived. You got hoodwinked. You've got bamboozled even. You stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we are not doing any movie reviews today. We are actually coming back with a part two of the discussion roulette. That's my impression of a roulette wheel choosing. Uh, so, so what are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> roulette? Like, <laughs> I it sounded more like Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> That's, I think that's what I imagine in my head, Loki. You don't imagine like when a I when ball. I hear you people, don't think of roulette from like a casino. You think of like the wheel of fortune. Exactly. So when people say <laughs> that they want to play Russian roulette, I'm always imagining that they're like, I'd like to buy a vowel. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> dude, Russian wheel of fortune that would be insane. All right, what letter do you want to go? Ah, that's a great <laughs> yeah. K. Is and they're like, okay, there are seventy-two Ks. <laughs> and Four. finish this one word clue. <laughs> Fourteen H's. <laughs> Seven V's. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh yeah, it's just gonna be me and Dan today uh for the part two of this roulette. Um, you know, last week we had the shortest non-bonus episode of the pod yet. And we were like, that's not enough for the people, man. It's not enough for the people. We gotta get more. We gotta do more questions. We gotta do more. Who do we sound like? That's gonna trip me out. We gotta do more questions. Um, we look. We're, we're yeah. We, we wanna we wanna give people what they want. What they want. I actually got some great responses to the fast food <laughs> to the fast food uh, portion of the discussion last time, and uh, some very opinionated people. Okay, a lot of opinions about the fast foods, um, and very cool. Uh, you know, I heard a uh, shout out to Gabby. I want to shout out Gabby because she told me about a uh, a regional fast food chain called Burgerville, Burgerville up in like the Pacific Northwest. Um, and I looked it up and I was like, that looks fire. They got like, you know, a bunch of Marionberry shakes, like a bunch of local, you know, locally sourced stuff. So shout out to Gabby for okay, putting me well, on. I didn't even put, I didn't even bring up Bird Call though. They didn't even bring up The Bird greatest Call. Colorado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shout out Bird Call. No, I remember going to Bird Call uh, for the first time with Daniel and Brent, which if you guys don't know, um, I have a decent spice tolerance, but it doesn't compare to Daniel. And then Daniel's doesn't compare to Brent's. And so <laughs> we got, we all three got the Nashville hot. And then Brent was like, this doesn't taste hot at all. And Daniel's like, yeah, it's a little hot. And I'm like, yeah, guys, this is not, <laughs> this is nothing. This is nothing. You're like, dude, I just read the saddest thing I've ever seen in my life. That's so why I'm, I'm crying. crying dude. I'm crying. <laughs> Holy shit. Hey, man, and they were like, let us read it. I was like, nah, y'all, I don't want to subject y'all to that. Like, it's, trust me, it is wait, sad. I just got deleted. <laughs> what the heck? Now I'm sad about that. I'm going to keep crying. I'm going to keep crying because that story's gone. <laughs> Shit. Uh, but yeah, shout out Bird Call. I totally forgot about them. Um, so 
this week we are going to do some more discussion uh, roulette here. We do not have Taylor to control with us, and we also don't have Mo here to give us you know a little little more perspective. So I hope that's okay with you guys. Yeah, sorry to disappoint. Damn, I'm already hearing the hate comments. But we are here for you, so we're going to get this started with a random question. Oh, I'm going to pick right. <laughs> what is your favorite movie trailer? Oh, favorite movie trailer. Favorite movie trailer. <laughs> hey, you know what? The trailer game has gotten crazy. Dude, back in the day, back when we were growing up, you watched one trailer for a movie. Now they have like the, you know, First trailer, then the second trailer, yeah. then the teaser trailer, and then the theatrical trailer. And the, That's so the true. Hell, trailer dude. number one, trailer number two. Yeah, trailer yeah. number three. Trailer Damn, number I never four. thought about that. Why? What? What is with the trailer game? Why right. is it so extensive? Marketing, man. Marketing is just, it's, it's all about marketing these days. Um, you know, I, I actually have a, a good friend who's has lots of harsh opinions about trailers. Um, and so we've had a lot of these debates. Um I think that when I think about my favorite trailer, my favorite trailer is for Another Earth. If I was, never, man, this is what's tough about doing this podcast sometimes. With we're just, just the two of us? <laughs> yeah. We're just both going to say the same shit. Right. Um, that's the first one that comes to mind. And and uh, what makes a trailer good? Well, if it makes you want to see the movie immediately. That's number one. Uh and it doesn't reveal barely any information. That's number two. Yeah. Those like, are the two that's massive. biggest things that w- me and Daniel want from the movie. We want the movie oh, to tell us. Oh, and they had a good, really good song uh, in that's that true. trailer. That's true. Yep. And that song wasn't even like a meme at that time either. It so wasn't. Now, and it wasn't even in the movie. Right. Like, so like, yeah, just a really good trailer. Really, really good trailer. That's definitely the best trailer that I've ever seen that I think is like the model for me like the closest a movie trailer is to the uh, another earth trailer the more i like it um like a good example of that is me and daniel went to go see the movie uh past lives which you know this if you're on our instagram and you look at our bonus reviews because we did a bonus review that's right past lives on the instagram uh and that movie had a really good trailer it did they did a very similar thing they didn't tell us a whole lot about what the movie was going to be about they focused more on how how the movie is expected to make you feel Mm-hmm. And like the major theme of the movie. And that was really good. And I was like, and I remember watching that trailer and thinking, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. Uh. <laughs> uh, obviously, I didn't cry, which again, you know that if you went to our Instagram. You <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bonus reviews. Check Bonus them reviews. Out. Check them out. Um, but yeah, that was a good trailer. But I think in this conversation, you also have to talk about like. I feel like the Inception trailer kind of changed the game for trailers, too, because they I feel like I don't I I could be wrong about this, but I think that was the first one I remember doing the trend of the what are we going to do in the next thing? (laughs) You're going to have to see, (laughs) you know, whatever. And then wham intensifies, (laughs) wham intensifies. Yeah. So like that is like every fucking trailer now that tracks for me. That does seem like the, what catapulted that trailer style. Um, yeah, which it is funny because it was a cool trailer at the time. Most definitely. I like, uh, I know, if I'm thinking like recent, I guess this is sort of recent, but within the past couple of years, you know, um, I definitely think of, of men. I liked the trailer for men a lot. Oh yeah, me too. What's funny about men is I, that's one of those trailers. It's so good because it shows all these random little clips and plays with some really cool audio and and stuff. But it's funny because now that we've seen it, 
it's like, oh, well, yeah, of course they didn't reveal the plot because there was... There's no plot. <laughs> There's no plot. It was just as weird. It actually was way weirder than the right. trailer even led on. So in the trailer, you see these random little cuts and shots of really cool, because um, there was some really cool fil- filmmaking in that movie. Um, and it looks very surreal and like, whoa. And so it's like, I can't wait to piece this together and see how this fits. And guess what? It never does really. Which kind yeah. of like, that kind of reminds me of the um, Suspira trailer too, the or the new, the remake of Suspira. Mm-hmm. They did a similar thing there where it was like, what the hell is going on there? I can't wait to watch this movie and see how it all relates. And then it doesn't. It's exactly you know, kind of what they yeah. showed, which is like, oh, it's all actually fucked up. Right. Um, the Which witch cool. trailer, the witch trailer, really good. Oh yeah, the, um, I remember that was another one. That was one back. This was okay. Let me reveal our age here. A little bit. Uh, we are forty seven years. We're forty seven years old. No, we, me and Daniel got a movie from. I don't even remember what movie it was, but we got a movie from Redbox, and it had a trailer for the witch, the Vavitch, and we were like, we got to go see that movie. Like we got to go see that as soon as that comes out, and I think we ended up. Than getting the Vivovich on Redbox as well. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, that's how long ago that was. And we I did. don't even remember what movie it was that we got that First, had the trailer. Yeah, me part. either. Um, yeah, shout out to Redbox. Well, that had to be like 2014, 2015. And I uh, think it's some, that exact same situation happened with Goodnight Mommy. Goodnight Mommy had a trailer. Just about to mention that. On on a, a Redbox movie, too. And that was also a really good trailer. Yeah, I had, I was, that was the next one I was going to mention because Goodnight wow. Mommy, um, not only a good trailer, but uh, uh, just to further exam- exemplify um, it servicing the genre because it was a good trailer in general. And then it was a scary trailer for a, yeah. you know, uh, it's not a scary movie once you watch it, but it's it is definitely in the horror genre. And so it's just like it did. It did so well that that trailer creeped me out. Like I was like, oh, my God, this looks actually scary. Oh, um, yeah. And that's why I like the, the witch trailer is because uh, what they choose to show in that trailer is kind of genius. I, I like especially the the shot of Caleb in the forest and you just see one leg come out of the little hut um, and then it just cuts to the next. I was like, oh my, ugh, like right. it, it really, yeah. Shout out to good trailers. But yeah, Another Earth is most definitely the first one that comes to my mind. Oh yeah. If you guys haven't seen the trailer for Another Earth, go watch it and then go watch the movie because it's also phenomenal. It's in my top five It's in our time. intro. It's in, uh, our- it's in our intro. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, um, the quote from the opening song is from Another Earth. Yeah. All right. Next question. Picking randomly, 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 randomly. What is the most nostalgic movie for you? What takes you back to where you were when you watched it? Oh, wow. Huh? Well, I feel like that's a little bit of two different questions because there are movies that definitely take me back to a time period when I first watched that movie. Yeah. Um, I think Blue Valentine is one that does that for me. Um, But... When I think of my most nostalgic movie, it's anytime I see a clip from Three Ninjas, <laughs> that <laughs> That's shit a great takes answer. me back. That is a great answer. And anytime I remember something about that movie, you know what I'm just saying? Like, yeah. even just remembering the characters' names, Tum Tum, <laughs> as like Colt, Rocky. Colt and Rocky. Oh, yeah. Hiya. Hiya. Hilarious. Okay. I, I, I challenge someone, one of the listeners listening to this. Uh, I I want you to go watch the original Three Ninjas movie, 
and you have to, I w- if I can find a clip, I'll post it on our Instagram, but I, I, I doubt it's a, you know, a art right. clip. I gave you, I bought you three ninjas strike back as a Christmas present, like a couple years ago. Yeah. And that's not even like the main one that we grew up with. Right. I can't, and, and it might've been that one. I don't No, You gave me the original. You gave me the original three I ninjas did. on, on that's right. On DVD. Okay. Okay. And that's why I, so I, then that's I, how nostalgic it is. First. It, right. I found it and I was like, I have to buy this for Daniel for Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and I immediately watched it and I just challenge a listener to go look, uh, watch this scene. Cause it made me laugh so fucking hard guys <laughs> there. There's a scene. It's early on in the movie. This, the, the, the villain in this movie is this kind of classic eighties and nineties villain where he has like a all white suit and like a gold chain and slicked back ponytail hair, you know? Yeah. It's very, it's very like karate kid two esque. Yeah. It's like over the top, but anyways, it's when he first comes to their house, it's like super early in the movie. He comes to their house and starts kind of beefing with their grandpa. Um, their inexplicably Asian grandpa, grandpa who is more (laughs) Asian than Mr. Miyagi, but they are all three white children. With two white parents. (laughs) Right. And I think their mom is like half Asian, half white. It's been so long. But anyways, it's just really funny. But he, he, he starts doing some kind of little monologue and then he, (laughs) bro, I want you guys to see this so bad. He puts his hands together to whistle like to his henchmen, like, you know, I, w- I can't whistle, so I can't do that. Um, but he like puts his hands together to whistle and does not even, bro, it's the worst acting I've ever worst seen. Worst fake whistle? Yeah, he puts his hands up to his mouth, but doesn't even get near close enough. And then in just a stock sound of a whistle. <laughs> it is so funny. It is. It looks like Tim and Eric or something. Like I'm like, right. no way. So anyways, uh, I, that was, you know, that might even get cut, honestly. But... <laughs> That was just such a... Well, nothing's actually getting cut, because I forgot to tell you, this is an uncut episode. Oh, God. Uh, pressure. <laughs> because last week pressure. was the most cut episode, <laughs> and this is an uncut episode, so... Yeah. But um, bleeping's not cutting, just so you guys know. Bleeping's, bleeping's not, not cutting. cutting. So I can say... And I can also say... And you guys have no idea what I said, oh my because it's bleeped. Jesus Christ, David. I said I can um, say it. I said I can say. I'm it. just saying. Um, <laughs> yeah, Three Ninjas is a great answer. Um, any of any of the series of that whole series is very nostalgic. Um, obviously, there's some Disney movies. Um, most definitely. Oh, oh my God, uh, Matilda, dude. Matilda, Matilda is a good so one. We had which we that were, movie is actually like legit good too. It is. It, it is. really is. Shout out Danny DeVito. He directed that. I know, right? Um, yeah. Um, uh, we had when we were growing up. We had a. Uh, VHS tape that had Matilda back to back with uh, Richie Rich. Dude, I remember Yeah, this. yeah. Richie Rich, oh my god, so d- bro. The GOAT double feature on this little VHS tape. And so we used to watch those over and over and over. I mean, who didn't watch Richie Rich and not want that kid's life so he had a mcdonald's in his fucking house and he had a roller coaster in his backyard he had a fucking like cannon that shot children into a fucking like inflatable uh oh yeah yeah i forgot about that yeah it just launches them onto a big all the like pad. fake tech in there which by the way all that fake tech is like real now it's like insane <laughs> right <laughs> it's like you could actually have a richie rich house now yeah. but yeah that's that's wild yeah matilda and richie rich matilda and richie rich back to back bro i fucking remember that holy yeah. cow but yeah um, i was gonna say you know a lot of disney movies obviously um you know what i'm saying like like the 
classic ones. Uh, Toy Story is one, the original Toy Story. My mom says that I used to, <laughs> when I was a baby, I would just psychopathically watch that over and over and over and over like seven times in a row. Right. And would never get tired of it. And that's such a funny story. There's all, to me. Every like, kid oh has God, one like, of those, right? You must have thought I was creepy. Like, what? Right. Um, but um, yeah, so that one's nostalgic, especially the animation style. But yeah, I mean, and there's one more that I wanted to bring up. And for me, it was, it's the Iron Giant. Because oh, that, that's another one that's very similar movie. to to what you're talking about, where I remember our uh, our grandparents had like and again, this was like this was nice. Like most people didn't have one of these. It was really they had a separate device that just rewinded VHSs for you. That's the whole purpose of it. And most people didn't have that. They had to stick it into their VHS and wait extra long and rewind it all the way. And they had a special cool device that <laughs> you could rewind it with the you know machine. And uh, I would literally just like. I would like every time I went over the house, I'll just grab Iron Giant, stick it in the machine, rewind it all the way to the beginning, go watch it, and then like hand it back to him, like, can you rewind this <laughs> so I can rewatch it? Like, I was obsessed with that movie. Every time I go back to it, I'm like reminded how fucking good that movie is. Yeah, yeah, Iron Giant's uh, awesome. I'll shout out to just a couple of more uh, Spy Kids. Spy Kids, that's oh, always gonna definitely take, up there. Kind of take you right back. Uh, thumb people, they're dummy thick, and you know they got that thummy dick. <laughs> 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 They're dummy thick and they got that thummy dick. <laughs> <laughs> Such a fucking yeah. Spy Kids, Land Before Time is another yeah, nostalgic. I know series. that was a big one for you. And then the Disney Channel originals, uh, um, those are good. Like uh, and not even just Halloween the originals. Town, um, that one always takes me back. You know Max Keeble's big move. Max Keeble's big move. Big move was big. Um, but yeah, the originals. Luck of the Irish returns into a fucking leprechaun playing basketball. Yeah, what the hell? Smart House. Smart House, um, dude. Dang, that's a good one too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember. Like this was I like it's such a meme now. It's been so memed by the world that they forget. Like when my brother and sister watched High School Musical on Disney Channel for the first time, they were like, "This is one of the best movies I've ever seen." <laughs> and they were so obsessed that they were like, they were like watching the commercials for when Disney Channel was going to tell them that they were going to play it again. And they were like, "David, you have to watch. It. You have to watch. It. You, have to, you have to watch this movie with this. It was so good." And then we all like got together and watched it together again. And we were, I was like, damn, dude, that movie's like one of the best movies. <laughs> I'm man. It was good, man. Yeah. Back in the day, like it wasn't a joke, you know, like yeah. high school music. Like we loved high school musical. The more I think about it, we were kind of Disney stands. We just watched anything they released, <laughs> but, you know, when they were in that really good era, to be fair. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Stevens, I feel like Lizzie McGuire, uh, Phil of the Future. They were definitely they were ki- killing. They were killing like in terms of live action content. They were killing Nickelodeon at that time. Oh, crushing. and the Nickelodeon was killing them in in animated content. Yeah. Yeah. And now true. both of them are dog shit. Although Proud Family, man. <laughs> Whew. Proud Family. Oh, man. That is that a show went fucking so hard. good one. But yeah, um, man, nostalgia, we could talk about it we all We could talk about day. it all day, but we're going to move on to the next question. You know what's nostalgic is, for me? Oppenheimer. It takes me right back to like a couple weeks ago when we saw that, dude. It takes me right <laughs> back to our anniversary episode. <laughs> Season three, episode one. Dude, Go check it you out. You know what? Transformers Rise of the Beasts or whatever that. That right takes me that takes right, me back, right back, back to the season, season finale of season two. Finale, season, <laughs> season finale of season two. Check it out. Go check it out. Go check it out. Go check it out. Go check it out. All right. Next question. Here we go. Randomly picking. What is the best advice you've ever received? Oh, my God. Just in life in general? I th- yeah. In life in general, I guess. Um... 
Yeah, I know my. I, I was trying to think of a funny joke answer, but I, my brain's not 100% today, guys. Sorry. Because I can give you the best uh, filmmaking advice I ever received. It was the first time somebody told me about J cuts and L cuts. Go look it up. I incorporated those into my short films and it literally took them from being absolute fucking dog shit. No one wants to watch this to decent and actually I'm proud of what I made. J cuts and L cuts. That's what you said. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Huge difference. Well, I'll have to look that up. Some of the best advice in general that I've received. um, And I'm not just saying this because it's just the two of us here, but it actually was advice from Daniel. Um, you know, it, the lucky part for me growing up, I think we talked about this on our first discussion or our, our, our one of our Q&A's, I think, um, about growing up. that I got kind of lucky that my brother was there the whole time I was in high school. So I got all of the, hey, don't be so worried about freshman year of high school <laughs> information. Um, but, you know, for those people who've known me for a long time, when I was like 13, 14 years old, I was an extremely judgmental person way way more than i am now i'm not perfect but like back then it was really bad um i don't drink i don't smoke and at the time i was very religious as well and i would look down on other people all the time and i would treat people like shit and i would exclude my friends because they started drinking or they started partying or whatever else and i was really just becoming a huge piece of shit (laughs) it was getting (laughs) bad and like i remember expressing like it was literally one moment we were driving daniel was driving me to school And I was just like expressing to him my frustration with high school and like feeling like I'm like no one understands anything and they're so stupid and they're so bad. And, you know, if if they don't do the things that I do, then it means they're a bad person and I shouldn't be around them and I can't be friends with people who blah, blah, blah. And Daniel just told me, he said, you have to look at people through windows, not mirrors. You have to see other people for who they are and not your expectations of them to be like you. And it really like made me change the way I thought about other people a lot. That's and crazy because I have no memory saying that, but that's a bar. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and I have. I am so wise. What's What's, <laughs> what's crazy about it is I have. I think about that all the time. I think about it like right now at work when I get frustrated with the mistakes that other people have made. I'm like, all right, not everyone is a perfectionist. It's okay. Not everyone cares as much about doing a good job as I do. Most people have other responsibilities, other things that they care more about. You know, I can't look at them and say they're a bad person because they don't perform the way that I do. And when I was a manager, you know, when I had employees, like I I couldn't say, well, I expect them to be as good as I am. I expect them to work as hard as I do and stay as late as I, I can't do that because they're not me. I have to look at them for who they are, look at their strengths, look at their weaknesses and treat them differently then I would treat myself or then I would expect things for myself. And it really helped me be a good manager. It helped me be a good professional. And it's, I think it helped me be a really good friend in general, like, you know, throughout my life since that. So that is one of the, I think about that a lot. Hell yeah. I made the cut guys. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, I, uh, what's so special about that is, um, I will get to, I will say the best advice I've ever received. Um, but before I say that, I, just to piggyback off of what you had just said, if I were to guess, I, I'm assuming I probably read that or, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously I don't think, I don't think I came up with that. Um, because I was a very inspired teenager. I used to, uh, to this day I'll have like Facebook memories and I'm like, man, I was so 
motive heavy. I was so, yeah, just so many quotes and I, I kind of get jealous of it. I'm like, I used to be so hungry for life and now I'm just jaded and old. Um, but, uh, but I mean, movies, you know, we do this podcast. It's more than just movies and reviewing. It's like, this is art. And I like talking about art, whether it resonates with me and it's good or whether, whether it doesn't resonate with me and it's bad. I just like talking about art and really exploring it. And that's what makes this podcast so special, um, is the fact that we've always done this and now we get to do it, uh, not only for an audience, but have it archived. And it's just like super cool. Um, because yeah, so I used to, a lot of my advice that I think of in life of like, Oh, it's the best advice I've ever received is from like books, like John green books, you know, like they're still, they still resonate with me and I still abide by these kind of thoughts and ideas to this day. Um, the best advice I've ever received in my life was when I was about 15, 16 years old. Um, and I, speaking of used to being an absolute piece of shit, um, I was a very misogynistic a little asshole when I was like freshman, sophomore year. And it's the area we grew up in. It's a, look, man, it's the era and the area and it's like all of it. It, it really is. Um, and it's embarrassing. Obviously we are a product of our environment. Exactly. But that's what, you know, it's all about changing. And the, that that's what happened to me is, um, uh, a, a whole thing happened where I had to get reprimanded for something I'd said to someone that was extremely out of line. Daniel and, got spanked. <laughs> and he got then whooped. My, we all heard it. Everyone in the neighborhood heard him getting whooped. Nah, I wasn't crying. He was, crying. So, he was screaming. <laughs> he was screaming. Um, <laughs> why are you saying I'm crying? Because it hurts. Because I'm getting whooped. Um, <laughs> um, but my mom, uh, my mom, took me into her room. And just started, like, just talked forever, just a whole spiel about what it's like to be a woman. Like, it was that, like, she was like, here's, here's what it's like. Here's what I've dealt with since I, you know, because you don't really know your parents. You don't really know unless they kind of let, yeah. you know, allow Until you they in. they talk, like, especially, you know, your, your mother, like, for those of you who have mothers in your life, if you, you know that you've heard from your friends and your significant others, the amount of times they've been harassed, assaulted, you know, discriminated against, all of those things. Those things happen to your mom, too. Mm-hmm. And you don't think about them until they in, until they have discussions like that. Exactly. And it's and, it's, and it, she she did so well at communicating it, too. It wasn't a guilt trip. It was a an actual ex, uh, experiment in empathy. And let me tell you what it's like. And uh not only that, so it's like, okay, here's some perspective. Now, you know, imagine all these horrible things you've said and all these ideas that you have that are just awful. And I'm, I'm the one you're saying them to. That's who you're saying it to. You're saying that to me, your mother, you know, it's like, do you love me? Cause that's not what you should be doing and saying it's all, it's that. And then it, she just really gave this awesome perspective of, and also, you represent me. I raised you. And I did not raise you this way. Right. So do you think that I, so when you say that, and you're making me say that, you think I want to be saying that? You know, just like all, it just, uh, it was a very long, insightful, completely life-changing talk. And I remember uh, kind of trying to make amends in the later part of high school. So the, the, my last two years of high school, I was, um, I, I kind of, I had a lot of, uh, like girlfriends of mine that were like, yeah, yeah, you, I kind of hated you for a while. Cause you were just so mean. 
and so like I was just a little fucking prick, a little incel probably. You know what I mean? I don't right. I don't think that was a word back then, but you know whatever. And it was just so I tried to make amends, and it it was horrible hearing like some stories that of stuff I didn't even remember saying. Right. And I'm like, God, I was so horrible. So shout out to mom for changing my life for the better, man. The best advice I've ever received was just that talk. And uh, yeah, and it, it yeah. can't be nailed down to like one specific thing. But yeah, I know what you're talking about, too. And and yeah, I mean, our mom, you know, yeah, well, I, you know, we made the joke like, yeah, we, we received what, what they call it, corporal punishment these, these days. But credit to our mom. She never there was never any punishment without an explanation in our household. If yeah. there was something that we did really bad, she would sit us down and explain to us why what we did was bad and explain to us like the repercussions that could lead to our lives going in the wrong direction a lot of, th- you know, a lot of times. And so like, yeah, she was just, she was really, really good about like making us understand the difference between wrong and right to where we wouldn't make the same mistakes again. Um, whereas a lot of people we know d- never got those conversations like their parents were too afraid to have those conversations with them, too afraid to to get real with them. And then they became shitty adults, you know. And so I'm really grateful that we were told how the world really is at a young age. Yeah. Um, and yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it's yeah, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I have tons of great advice for my mom. When I became a manager, my mom is our oh, sorry, my mom, my mom, <laughs> our mom has been a, a manager in her work life for ever like even like for a very long time she's a boss so when i ceo yeah (laughs) so when i became a manager i would ask her about advice all the time uh one of the best pieces of advice she gave me when i first became a manager was that firing somebody is always a good thing i was so nervous to fire somebody for the first time and she was like it's always a good thing because you're getting rid of a bad employee you're getting you're giving them an opportunity to leave a place they probably don't want to be at anyway and you're doing right by the rest of your employees by not dragging them down with someone who's not fucking performing and doing shit mm-hmm. so it's always a good thing it feels like shit and it's going to suck and they might react you know poorly whatever but it's always a good thing it's um, kind of like a Louis C.K.'s joke when he says divorce is always a good divorce. Thing. He's like, yeah. there's no such thing as a bad. If divorce. you have two people who are really happy <laughs> split up, that would be really sad. But that's happened zero fucking <laughs> that's times. Happened that's zero times. times. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, some other great advice that I got is, um, you know, from our grandfather, too. This was just about grief in general. And when we lost our grandmother, he like took us aside. I think it took me, you and, and our cousin aside who were like we're the only like males in our generation of the family. And he like basically told us, he's like, listen, um, as hard as this is going to be for you guys, it's going to be harder on your moms. So you have to be there for them. You have to be there for them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I really thought about like, I, like that was like one of the hardest things to do because like, we're not even fully emotionally developed at that point. You know what I'm saying? I was like (laughs) 19 still. And it was just like, I was like, how do you do that? And then like, you know, watching, (laughs) yeah, watching him do it for so long, like up until essentially the memorial, like being able to do that for everyone in the family, it was just like, and you know, it it wasn't like you guys got to be men and you got to be, you know, whatever. Cause like some of his talks were kind of like that, but this was not that he was literally like trying to like put it into a good perspective of like, you know, your mother's. Uh, have known your grandmother way longer than y'all have. <laughs> and this is going to be yeah. harder for them than yeah. it is for you. And before he like took us aside and had that talk with us, I wasn't even thinking about that. I was not even really, I was so caught up in my own grief that I was like, holy shit, like he's right. He's absolutely right about this. And then he was like, and then, you know, he said, they, they're going to try and comfort you. So you can't, 
you can't do that because like, and, and like I understood what he was trying to say. Like he was trying to say, these are your mothers. So they're going to instinctively want to, you know what I'm saying? Take care of you and your emotional needs. And if they do that, they won't grieve the way they need to. So you have to do that for them instead. You have to flip the switch immediately and just be there for yeah, them. Yeah, kind of take initiative. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, he's absolutely right. He was absolutely right. And I'm so grateful that I took that advice from him, especially because, you know, when we lost Papa, we, I, I was like, I in my head immediately, I was like, I have to do that. I have to do that right now. Like what he told me to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it was hard as fuck, but it was really good advice. And I've my my wife, which, you know, Taylor, the actual reason Taylor's out of town is she's recently uh, suffered a loss in her family. And, um, you know, even going down there, she was like distraught and like she didn't know what she wanted to do. And I literally just told her, I was like, you have to go there to do what Papa told us to do. You have to go be there for your, you know, your dad and your grandma and the people in your life who who are going to be suffering more than you are, who are going to be trying to look after you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have to go do that. So. Um, it's really, it was just really good advice about grieving and, and how to help people in, in those moments, which is uh, the hardest thing to navigate. Uh, best food advice I've ever gotten. Season your salads. All right. Best food advice I've ever gotten <laughs> is season everything. <laughs> yeah, I cannot tell you how many times I've fried something <laughs> and forgot to season the actual like meat or protein before putting it in the flour. And like, it, it was like, yeah, the flour seasoned. And then the breading crumbs off, comes off or whatever while you're eating it. And you're like, this tastes bland as shit. It's like, oh, I didn't season the actual, like you have to season every step of the, what you do. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next question. Here we go. Um, you know what? This question is very similar to another question. So I'm going to combine them. Okay. All right. Turn up. So this is your least favorite food slash ingredient. Okay. And like, what is the most overrated food trend? Oh, this is good. This is good. This is going to get some discussion. So to answer the first question very strictly, because everyone who I know knows this answer, <laughs> they know you're going to say it with me. Three, two, one. one. Onions. onions. I hate onions more than anything <laughs> else. And everyone's like, that's the greatest food of all time. <laughs> onions are the fucking best. <laughs> you just put onions in everything. Put onions in your ice cream. Put onions in your pastries. Put onions in your asshole. And just fucking suck it all up. <laughs> I'm making onion wine tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. I hope you rub onions in your eyes and you bleed. I hate them. I hate them. And they're the, the let me tell you why they're the worst. They're the worst because if you don't like onions, first of all, good luck eating fucking anything ever. That's first of all. Second of all, second of all, you can't pick onions out. Like you can, but you can't. You will never, you will never get the onion taste out of something. And then, of course, these motherfuckers, these motherfuckers, these motherfuckers, motherfuckers want to dice them, take them tiny little <laughs> tiny pieces, spread them over what you fucking order. And I said, I'm pretty sure I fucking said no onions. <laughs> I've been part of the Reddit group r slash onion hate for several years now. <laughs> I and, can't believe you're just and I shamelessly cannot, admitting I cannot that. tell you how many, <laughs> how many of us. And there's thousands. There are dozens of us. There are dozens of us. <laughs> dozens of us onion haters <laughs> who have gotten meal after meal for free from Uber Eats because we're just not order no onions. I order no onions. I order no onions. Fucking read the read shit. And you know what? I'll, the last thing I'll say about onions. 
if your dish has onions in it, put it on the fucking menu. I'm so sick of this. The menu and it says, here's the ingredients. It has the I'm like, oh, I like all of that stuff. And then it comes and it has fucking onions on it too. I'm like, this was not on the menu. To the point to where I agree with that. You should list your ingredients. What is on this dish? Especially because then what ends up happening is I end up going to restaurants saying, hey, this pepperoni pizza, does it have onions on it? (laughs) And they're like, no. Yeah, they're like, what? They're like, what? No. I'm like, I have to ask. I have to fucking ask. (laughs) Anyways, um, most overrated food trend, uh, God, I know you're going to have some opinions on this. I'm sure truffle fries is going to come up in that conversation for sure. There's there's plenty. The truffle everything, actually. There's plenty. Um, yeah. Do you have any off the top? Uh, you're, you're in full rant mode, bro. Full you gotta, rant mode? You're in a flow state. I don't know. It's like, I don't even like dislike. You're like, okay. um, onions is pretty <laughs> Okay. Let me give you my actual most, like the most overrated food trend. And I know you're going to disagree with me on this. Mm-hmm. Um but just like you disagree with the onions thing, because you're a big onions guy, uh, you're a big onions guy. <laughs> Look, I used to hate onions when I was a kid, and I agreed about the diced thing. I was like, "You fuckers!" Because we used to they used to put them on, which it's kind of insane. Like, even if you are a kid who likes onions, like which I've never met a kid who does, but even if you are, they put they put diced onions on kids' burgers on Happy Meals. At least they did back when we used to get them. I'm pretty sure they still do that shit. That yeah. is weird. And then and yeah, they. Dice them up so that they're extremely hard to remove and get every last one off. Yeah, right. yeah. But, um, yeah. Something's most changed. I like them now. Overrated food trend. And I don't even know if you can call this a trend anymore because this has been going on for years now. This has been like five plus years that this has been happening where every trendy dessert place wants to make everything with fucking cereal. And it's pissing me off. <laughs> like if I come to your new dessert place, oh, you have your own special cinnamon roll place or soft serve place or donut place or cheesecake place. And it's this new trendy thing where you have a fucking mural on the wall and some neon lights and a little fucking selfie stand so that people will post you on Instagram. And every fucking <laughs> topping on your menu is Captain Crunch, Captain Crunch peanut butter, uh, cinnamon toast crunch, uh, corn flakes, uh, frosted flakes, fruity pebbles. Those are not fucking toppings. <laughs> They're not fucking top. That's just cereal. Yeah, I don't want some onions in there. Cereal, (laughs) cereal is not dessert. Like, can I get some fucking caramel, please, for the love of God? Like, cereal is not dessert. Like, I'm so sick of this shit. And it's like, you know, like there's this place called Yo Nuts over here in Denver. I don't know if they're everywhere or not, but I, you know, and I really, really like them. But they also do this thing, and they have. But it's like, go to that place, man. Look at the. They have like these, like you know, banana nut muffin, you know, donuts. You know what I'm saying? Like they have fucking uh, Biscoff cookie stuff. Like I'm like, yes, Biscoff cookie is a great thing that has always been good. That's like, dude, this would be great to make a dessert into. But then they're also like fruity pebbles. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, <laughs> you know, I'm just like, and like they have a freaking donut that tastes like the strawberry short, the strawberry shortcake bar, like the ice cream bar. I'm like, that's genius. Those are fire. Right. Too. That's genius. I bet that's good. And I then, need to go to Yonuts, man. That's I'm getting what I'm hungry. My mouth's watering. It's like, look at talking. what you can do with, <laughs> with all these ingredients. Like I understand the desire to do something new and colorful and flashy with desserts. But the fucking cereal thing pisses me off. I'm like, if I wanted cereal, I would eat cereal. And I I get it. It is just a cup full of crunchy sugar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I get it. And milk. And milk. <laughs> but it's still a breakfast Which item. Which is more sugar. At the end of the day. It's yeah. still just a fucking breakfast item. 
You know, if, if I if I told you like, hey, I have this new uh, trendy uh, taco place and we just put Cheetos on everything. You'd be like, that's not a fucking taco that is ingredient. that is a trend that is kind of annoying. Cheeto is a new hot trend. Cheeto. Yeah. Putting hot Cheeto on all flaming hot. Everything is flame. And I love flaming. Like, bro, I love flaming hot. Like to my to my uh, own dismay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, it makes my stomach hurt every time. But um but yeah, that that's actually I'm glad you brought that up because that one is kind of annoying. Um, like they put, you know, like uh, that OMG tacos place back in Dallas. They used to do like, oh, uh, you know, flaming hot elote or whatever. I was like, can you chill the fuck out? Yeah, and it's I like don't want that shit in my elote. When, you, when like, you think about that again, like okay, let's take tacos as an example of not doing food trends. Velvet Taco, one of the fucking goat taco spots. Like I, and they're like the least authentic tacos of all time, but yeah. they just like are extremely experimental with their tacos and their tacos are great and they don't do any of this bullshit trends. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, they're like, let's take Korean barbecue and make that a taco. Like that's genius. Korean barbecue taco. Man, my we got to stop talking. All right, no more food questions because my... Or, no, I need to stop recording when I'm hungry is what I really need to do. <laughs> I was to say. Um, um, yeah, my least favorite ingredient, goat cheese. Oh, that's right. I remember that now. Goat cheese is fucking disgusting. And I say that as someone who loves feta. And what's crazy is Daniel, like, Daniel's not like me. Like, he's tried it a couple of times before saying, okay, I, I cannot stand this. Yeah, but remember this? We were in Austin, and there was that place called Eureka. And so we go to Eureka and get some burgers and fries, and they have a burger on the menu that has goat cheese on it. And I was like, you know what? I want to try it the way it was intended. And then I was like, I should have got this without goat cheese. This is fucking gross. Yeah. And there, I don't know what it is, but it... I can't vibe with it. Like, and that's, it's weird. It's weird because it's so close to feta and even close to kind of blue cheese. I can tolerate blue cheese. I can do, I can do some funkier cheeses like that, but goat cheese fucking sucks. It smells like feet. It tastes like feet, like sweaty socks. Like it's, it is fucking horrible. And it ruins like you are with onions. I'm the same way with goat cheese. You put a dollop of it on something. That whole thing tastes like goat cheese now. Yeah. Um, as far as overrated trends, god damn, there's a there's a bunch. Anything gold flake. Gold flake. Oh, gold flake is a newer thing that's like fucking edible. Putting gold on yeah, edible gold on shit. Fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah. Um it barely makes it look better if if that. Yeah. And it doesn't make it taste any different. Mm -hmm. Except maybe worse. <laughs> It's so stupid. And then it just makes the dish more expensive. I, <laughs> like, like I guess that concept as a whole. Anything like excess i hate like any you see any of these cl quick little food insider reels or tiktoks or whatever you you watch these short little videos and it's like oh they they cover this burger with nacho cheese i'm like i do not want to reach and grab wet nacho cheese to eat a burger like stop right. stop the volcano burger you know it's like just right. excess making things harder to eat like no I'm out. Um, so yeah, and Gold Flake is a part of that. It's just like man, which this also is like it's shout stupid out, again. I mean, another question. Shout out to our mom because she's on a ton of like foodies, like you know, p Facebook pages and Instagram pages and stuff like that. So there's a lot of places doing a lot of cool new trends that we actually really like. And my mom finds all of them. And then she said, yeah, she yeah. sends us the, uh, like the video of the promotion of whatever it is. And she's like, we got to go to this place. We got to go to this place. We got to go to this place. And so it's like, there's definitely more positive than negatives out there in terms of food trends. Whereas I feel like a couple years ago, like people coming out of COVID, like, you know, they just didn't know what the fuck to do. They were just like, let's just put trouble on everything, you know, whatever. Yeah, and it's just a like, bad one. 
you know, that, that kind of stuff where it's like, yeah, and people are not very, being very inventive, but now it's like getting back to what we're used to on fucking diners, driving and dines where people are just coming up with new shit every day and it's all yeah. good. Um, um, I have one too that, uh, this might be controversial, but, um, Nashville hot chicken. Stop. That's true too. I and, do. Agree and it's with that. not because of what it's not because of Nashville hot chicken. I've had Prince's Nashville hot chicken, the OG, the originators, the fucking inventors of it. Okay. There's going to be and, some debate about that too. But and, yeah, go ahead. yeah, of course, many people, but I mean, they're the ones, they're the ones. F- small little family owned, bro. Absolutely delicious. It's the best chicken I've ever had to this day. Best fried chicken I've ever had. The reason that why Nashville hot chicken is so horrible right now, it's just like stop making like everyone has a Nashville hot chicken sandwich now is because it's not Nashville hot chicken. It's not right. Like Nashville hot chicken is about the fact that they like the kind of main separator of it is that it's not uh, in the you know, it's not in just, oh, the breading is spicy and this. and No, they'd use actual oil and put oil and spices over the fried chicken breast after it comes out and has been prepared. But some places are just like spicy chicken sandwich, Nashville hot. <laughs> it's like, right. no, this is not Nashville hot. This is not, and right. it's not near this hot is a enough. Nashville it's not near, sauce mixed with mayo that you put on. Yeah, the bun. It's not made the same way. I'm like, this is all right. Enough, enough. Because again, it's kind of like you're, so you're uh, now I remember you saying, you might disagree with me on this about the cereal thing. And I see why you say that because I love fruity pebble, anything. I just love right. fruity pebbles, but it's like, oh, okay. This is what, what this does wrong is now we are, we're doing a cop out instead of trying something new. Right. Um, it's like, you know, I, I, I had a chicken tikka masala chicken sandwich not too long ago at a food hall. And I was like, this is good. I've never, I don't know why I've never thought about Why have I never thought of, you know, doing, you know, it's like you could be trying and experimenting different with different things and trying different recipes. But instead you're like, oh, let's do Nashville hot chicken. Like, oh, whatever. Uh, so yeah. enough of that. Enough of the Nashville hot chicken. Yeah. Leave it to Nashville, man. Listen, they, me, they perfected it. Biggest piece of advice and I'm going to give you guys the best advice you've ever heard today. Oh, no, it's not uh, the big like when it comes to if you have a restaurant, if you're trying to make something, you know, here's the the potentially fake Henry Ford quote. The uh, if I asked people what they wanted, wanted, they would have said horses. You know, damn. So bars. Right. Which I, I think about that quote a lot, you know, that's, that's one of like, and again, I don't know if it's real, you know, every quote from every person is fake. And, you know, when he invented the eight hour workday, it was revolutionary and people were like, fuck him. Why would he do that? And it's like, no, no, no. The workday was like 18 hours before he was like, let's make it eight. Uh, but you know, he, uh, yeah, that was a, like a famous quote from him. If I asked people what they wanted, they would have said horses. Um, so that's what I think of with all these food trends. Like, I, I think people like Nashville hot. So let's do that. It's like, well, why yeah. don't you do something that you don't know if people will like it or not until they try it and then they love it because that's how Nashville hot blew up. They yeah. did that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that's, that's some of the, Oh, and by the way, least favorite food ingredients. I'm like one of the biggest pickiest eaters that I know. So I could have actually done that rant for like 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But basically all vegetables, um, but here's <laughs> here's my most controversial one, I think, because I think onions, you can find a lot of people who are like, oh, yeah, yeah those, like onions are, these. those are divisive. It's, it's very divisive. Here's one that's not as divisive. Um, I hate coffee. I hate the taste of it. I don't even like the smell of it. Um, my wife, my, my wife, wife, 
loves coffee. She has she has a book called a bean book where it's just filled with coupons for different coffee shops in all of the state of Colorado. And it it's just, like a coffee diary. It's actually so cool. And she got me one as well. Shout out to Taylor. Right. So one Taylor of the coolest gifts I've gotten is a coffee aficionado. She, you know, she is, a, you know, she loves coffee. She's tried all different kinds, which is one of the things I respect about her with the coffee where it's like, you know, if you watch her order, you'd be like, oh, well, she's basic because she goes to every coffee shop and orders a, a this or that. I'm like, no, she's tried every single type of coffee and found which one she likes. She's most. a psycho, though. I want to I want to say something. Taylor, I hope you're listening. You're a psycho. Taylor will Taylor will order a hot coffee on a 90 plus degree day. Yep. That is yep. insane. That's yep. insane. I guarantee she's drinking hot coffee in Texas right now. <laughs> that I is insane. No, no, she, she's literally psychotic because, <laughs> because here's the other thing about it, too. Here's the other thing about it. If she just finished a venti coffee and then like 30 minutes later, my mom or Daniel or our sister or anyone is like, hey, I'm stopping by Starbucks. Do you want anything? She's like, yeah, can you get me a venti? I'm like, what? That's true, doing? too. Her tolerance Her for tolerance caffeine tolerance for is- caffeine is like, of course, it doesn't come close to mine and our moms because we're both like, you know, obsessed with the uh, energy drinks. So those have way more caffeine. But it's just like, man, I'm just like, like how like. First of all, she's lactose intolerant. <laughs> Second of all, yeah. caffeine is a diuretic and she just she just puts that shit back. I'm just like, how do you have this much tolerance for this? You know, yeah. like coffee in general. But um, yeah, so like I do respect her for the fact that she has tried a bunch of different, you know, espressos and a bunch of different types of drinks. And then she's just found the one that she likes. I'm the kind of person where if you took a gallon of anything, of any liquid, and then you put one grain of coffee in it, I'd be like, this tastes like coffee. I don't want it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's so strong to me like that. That's, yeah, that is, that is, yeah, less divisive because most people, I, uh, shout out to Mo, who's not here today. Uh, Mo is, does not, also does not drink coffee. So you have someone to, to relate to you, but um, he actually does like the taste of it. He just, he prefers tea. Right. Yeah. Taylor, it's just funny, like comparing me to Taylor because she will do coffee, anything. She'll do coffee, ice cream. Yes. Fire. Know, coffee, cheesecake, mm, coffee. So good. Yeah. Basically, if you mix I am coffee team Taylor, with 100% any, on yeah, that. she's done a coffee martinis. Let me get she's a, a, let me get a coffee, coffee person. Let me do a coffee, fruity pebble. <laughs> let me do a coffee cheesecake <laughs> with fruity pebbles on top. And can you do um, glazed onions on that? What do they call it when the onions are like sticky or whatever? Caramelized. Caramelized onions on that. And then that's caramel. <laughs> Anyways. All right. Next question. Here we go. <gasps> What is your most controversial movie opinion? Movie opinion. We have a lot. And we've, if you don't listen to this podcast. I mean, Dave, your, your anti-dream sequence has to be up there. Really? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think the general population could give two fucks about a dream sequence. And but, is it, but is it controversial in the, in the fact that other people love dream sequences and they think they're great and therefore my hate for them is. Like, I think a lot of people it's, I don't find think them it's A or B. I think it's it, either they don't care or they agree that they're not bad. But no one agrees to the degree that I do, of course. I see what you're saying. They're, they're like indifferent more yeah. so than they're like, I love dream sequences. Yeah. It's not like the onions thing where I'm like, I hate them and other people are like, I want them and everything. Yeah. Sort of. I don't know. I just feel like maybe even maybe your title, your title credit the thing. The title credit thing, I'll give you that. Yeah. I bet a lot of people. Because like, I didn't even chill. like it in the Northman and you were like, come on, man. Yeah. <laughs> it looks so cool though. Fuck you know? that. Fuck title cards. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. If you cannot, 
you know when they say show don't tell that is a cop out of showing <laughs> you're telling by showing yeah text on the fucking screen chicago i don't need to know that i don't need to know it's in chicago if you want it to be in Chicago, then have somebody walk by a fucking deep dish place right next to a fucking hot dog place. Then I'll know it's Chicago. <laughs> All right. Have the everyone in the background wearing fucking bulls gear. Okay. I bet it's in Chicago. You know what I'm saying? Like, fuck. Have every scene take place in Millennium Park next to the bean. Next to the know. bean. I'll know. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I have that many controversial opinions uh, movie wise. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it is hard because... I don't feel like my opinions are controversial. I think they're right. I think I'm right and everyone else is <laughs> I think wrong. that's the hard part of that question is what is controversial, you know, because maybe some people can't stand the fact that I say every movie should be shorter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think yours is probably the Marvel thing is the controversial thing. Oh, yeah, sure. But that's almost like Onions where it's like, it's man, there's 50-50. There are people who are like, fuck Marvel. And then there are people who are like, can you chill out and let us enjoy things? You know? Right. And there are people who dedicate their entire lives to it. Uh, the you, you're, you know, the Disney thing for you too. You don't watch any kids movie like Disney movies now as an adult. And yeah, there's a lot of adults yeah. who d- disagree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, they're that's probably yeah. Maybe that's my yeah. Kids movies are for kids. I think Will Smith is overrated as an actor. I think I think Jamie Foxx is a better actor than Will Smith. That's pretty controversial. People love Will Smith. I get it. I get why they feel that way. Um, you know, especially like when, I think when people are like thinking about good Will Smith movies, they really think about I Am Legend a lot <laughs> and Pursuit of Happiness. But it's like Jamie Foxx has had just as many roles like that that he actually did better in in his career. Here's yeah. a controversial movie opinion that I have. Movies are made to be watched in the theater. Ooh. They are made to be watched in the theater. I, I have this, like, like I think about this a lot. There's, you know, Jack White is uh, one of my favorite musicians, and he's also kind of a pretentious prick, and <laughs> which is great. You know, you love him for that because he can get away with it. But Yeah, sometimes uh, pretension works in people's favor. Yeah, like, you know, Christopher, we talked about yeah. Christopher Nolan and, yeah. and yeah. Quentin Tarantino being pretentious as well. And But, like, he, he, he put it like this, you know, like, he is a big, like, record guy. He's, like, every, he wants all music to be on records. He's, like, I listen to music digitally a lot. I listen to music on my iPod, you know, whatever. But he's, like, but music was made to be put on records. Music was made, you know, like, like, recording, recorded music, at least. Um, He's, like, it's something that you can have, you can hold, you can feel it. Like, it's, it's more than just something you experience listening. And he compared it, he said, it's like watching a movie on your phone. It's like, yeah, this is suitable, but the theater is where the movie was made to be watched, you know? And I, and I remember when he said that, I was like, I actually agree with that wholeheartedly. Like not the necessarily the record thing, because I think music has changed where not all music is best suited for a record. <laughs> Some music yeah. is way better suited digitally and just get high quality headphones and really right. high, yeah, whatever. But you're, you're kind of agreeing with them in the fact that you're like, I'm not going to just listen to it on my phone. Right. Yeah, I'm going to get a nice pair of headphones. I'm going to experience it how it was made. Exactly. So, you're right. And yeah. so, uh, like, the biggest thing for me is that all, like, professional movies are uh, sound design. Their sound design for professional movies is six-channel audio for two speakers in the front, two speakers to the side, two speakers in the back. Like, that is the design of the audio for television or for movies, for movies. And it's not that way for 
everything that is made is like, like for all movies it is, but not like for all television and you know, whatever else. And music is only two audio channels. Right. So, um, that's kind of why I feel that way where I'm like any movie that's even if it's stream only or not stream only, if it's like made like, like fucking, you know, glass onion or whatever, like knives out the glass onion yeah, or Bird box, uh, you know, whatever, if it's put out in theaters, mm. And it is also going to be streaming. It's better in theaters. Like movies are made to be watched in theaters, even if the screen is fucked up, even, you know, whatever else, like just for the audio alone, that's where that is where the people who put the time and effort into this thing expected you to go see this bars. And you know what? I got to say something on pretension. I I think I've kind of figured out that line between what makes pretension bad and what makes pretension good. And it is, Good pretension is an unwillingness to take shortcuts. And then I think bad pretension is quite the opposite. It is buying so hard into the idea of um, abstract or avant-garde that you don't feel the need to flesh stuff out. That's That's what it is. Honestly, that's a really, really good way of putting it. Yeah. And because some things require some pretension, you know, yeah. and, and I think you're right about that, that when the pretension is we should do more to make something better. Yes. It's a little bit more forgivable. Exactly. And when it's pretension and well, I can do and say whatever I want. Yeah. Then it's like, fuck you. Exactly. And that's why we love Jack White. Shout out to Jack White. When I was learning drums, I used to listen to a lot of White Stripes. Yeah, because he made the drums extremely simple so that the his That's right. significant other could uh, play the drums for his band. Hell yeah. And guess what? No, None of you guys care. He's that good of a musician. None of you guys care how simple and easy the drums are in his songs from White Stripes. Now do you? All right, next question. Here we go. Ding! All right, so this one is a draft. A draft. Oh, oh my draft. gosh. So if you guys remember the first movie discussion, I'm gonna do... we did not part one of this discussion, but uh, the other one, we did a couple of drafts and this one is uh, more suited for a draft because we are going to be drafting the best sports movies. Now, wow. caveat to this, wow. no documentaries, no documentaries, because then it's just going to be a 30 for 30 list, you know, <laughs> exclusively. So no Last do- chance you. Yeah. No documentaries. No documentaries. That's the only rule. All right, okay. tight. Okay. You, do you want the first pick? you want me to get the first pick? We're going to draft five, top five sports movies. I'll go first because I, this is going to be hard for me to pick five. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so I'll, Daniel, go, I'll go first. Pick number one. Friday Night Lights, 2004. Ugh, wrong answer. All right. <laughs> Here we Not go. Not the show, the movie. Dude is taking number one overall Friday Night Lights. That's right. I'm going to be taking Coach Carter. I don't even remember that one. Wow, um, you racist. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Um, but you remember Friday Night Lights. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, interesting. <laughs> let's see. No, I just think it's interesting how, how you remember that. But Okay, number two, I'll say Like Mike. Uh, I'm going to go Gridiron Gang, which is just the football version of, not really, but yeah, kind of the football version of (laughs) of Coach Carter. Um, You really don't remember Coach Carter? Oh my God, I know how to fill out the rest of my list. 
and I'll give you, and you're going to know how I'm going to fill it out based on this next answer. So I've already taken two, three, <laughs> three, give me the bench warmers. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, number three for me, I'm going to take the longest yard, the remake, the one with Adam Sandler. Number four, give me water boy. Oh my God. <laughs> he's taking Adam Sandler movies. No! He's going to take Happy Gilmore next. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not with number four, I'm taking Happy Gilmore. Oh my God. God damn it. That was, you that idiot. That is what I was going to take. That is what I was going to take. Number five, give me Big Daddy. <laughs> no, no. Um, oh gosh. Number five, my last one. Uh, I'm really, I, I don't think sports movies are very good. <laughs> I really don't. I can't think, like, and maybe if I had someone to just list them out for me, maybe I'd be, oh yeah, that one, you know, I don't really remember them that well. Um, number five, give me Airbud. <laughs> All right, number five for me, I'm going to take I, Tanya. Never seen it. Uh, here's some sports movies, Daniel, for you. It, and this is a, this is a, a debate that we can have, okay? And I want to know what you guys think about this. And I'm going to clip this for you guys. I'm going to post it, and you guys can tell us how you think. Is Stomp the Yard a sports movie? Tell us what you think. Uh, moving <laughs> on. Moving on. Uh, the next question that we have here. Everybody, submit submit uh, the sports movies we missed. Because I'd be curious. Right. I mean, 42, the Jackie Robinson story. We missed that one. That was not in our draft because I took Happy Gilmore just to take it from you. There's a bunch that I haven't seen for, you know, that are for old people. No no disrespect, but you got I've never seen Remember the Titans. Rudy. Rudy, I've never seen. Uh, what's Hoosiers. The, is, what's the one with the Keanu Reeves as like the quarterback? Is that Remember the Titans? <laughs> Keanu Reeves as a quarterback? I don't think that exists, brother. Dude, I swear to God. I swear to God. Any Given Sunday is a football movie. Basketball. <laughs> that's a sports movie Dude, Goon I should have said Goon Goon, that's a great one I'm gonna take Goon, number five Airbud, you got You got Yeah You got kicked I don't think I've seen Airbud. I just thought it'd be a funny answer Give me Goon Mighty Ducks, bro I knew you were gonna I thought uh, you were gonna take Mighty holy Ducks Holy shit, yeah Mighty Ducks Alright, I'm kicking out Airbud, And I'm kicking out What did I draft second? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember, dude. You were being a total clown. I was being a clown. Uh, you hate the draft format, apparently. I, I don't mind the draft format, but sports movies I'm just not that familiar with. But yeah, give me Goon and uh, Mighty Ducks. Both of those are going in. Man, Mighty Ducks was good. You love hockey movies, man. I think I do like hockey movies. The movie is called The Replacements. Okay, and it has Keanu Reeves as a... He plays a quarterback. <gasps> Bro! Um, sorry, this is not to the replacements, but you know what? I do have a vague memory of that. So you're right. He did play a quarterback. Um, here's my, if, if this counts, I'm taking this number one and I'm, I'm moving Friday night lights a peg down. Okay. Karate kid. I think that counts. Bro. Karate kid. Cause that's organized sport in that movie. It's organized karate. Karate kid. Boom. I'm drafting that number one. And also add I'm that. Keeping Coach Carter is my number one, but yeah. Add, add karate kid to my nostalgic movie list. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Uh, I mean, in that kind of same vein. I get called uh, Daniel's son to this day. To this day. Oh, yeah, that's true. 
Yeah, I think you much prefer that to damn Daniel. Yes, please. <laughs> for the love of God. Yes. He will take Daniel's son. If you call him Daniel's son, he's like, all right. You say, damn, Daniel. He's like, fucking leave. Get out. Get out. Um, all right. Next question. <gasps> if you were independently wealthy and you did not have to work, how would you spend your time? Independently wealthy? Yes. Didn't have to work. Um, I If I had that much money, um, I would definitely force myself to do community service at least once to twice a week. Um, and yeah, obviously like charity and stuff. I would do it at least three or four times a week. That's cool, man. Um, <laughs> I would say probably three or four, but <laughs> right. no, go ahead. You two to three. That's yeah. great. Uh-huh. Yeah. You're better than me. <laughs> How would I spend my time? Oh man. I, I, I think about this question and I, it saddens me because of my actual answers, which is like, I don't know, play video games. I would play a lot of video games. I would be probably a, you know, grandmaster in Overwatch by now. I would definitely I start. Work. <laughs> I would definitely um, start a Twitch channel. Twitch channel. Yeah, I think honestly, those are the, hard. the real answer is we would make more content than we do now. Way more content. Way more. You're yeah, because we straight do because <gasps> we do this for free. Yeah, if I was independently, <laughs> wet, bro, yeah, I'd be making movies. We'd be I making sketch shows. Make we, music. I would make an album. Oh my god, dude! I would. Um, hey, do you want to guess something interesting? A lot of the people who do do a lot of the things are very wealthy. <laughs> they have rich, rich parents. Well, yeah, exactly. They're not independently wealthy, but they do have rich parents, which yeah. allows them to free up their time to make something creative. Um, Must be nice. Getting bleeped. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, the video games thing is the sad part because it's like I should be saying like I always get frustrated with not having enough time to work out. If I had all the time, I should go work out every day. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I'd probably be on like season 55 of Madden in like franchise mode. <laughs> if, I, if I had all the time in the world. I would travel. I would travel. Traveling like a lot. Yeah, that's a big one. I'd be in a different place every weekend. But that's the thing is I would travel. Okay. And then go play video games. And then play game. video games when I'm back at the hotel or wherever I'm staying at. That's what I'm doing. So I'd still be playing my vid games. But no, uh, yeah, I would travel like crazy. Go try a bunch of different food and go, I'd probably go watch see like everything. awesome sites. Yeah. yeah. I'd watch every season of everything. I haven't seen yeah, you all of The work. Wire. That's I haven't crazy. seen The Sopranos. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. It's a lot of shit I, I need to seen. watch The Sopranos, man. I know. Man, oh my gosh, now I'm just sad because I'm coming back to this realization that I'm poor. And what am I going to do every day? Work. Work. That's getting bleeped. All right. Next question. What is a bad TV show that you love to watch? (laughs) Um, Okay, okay. I don't. I don't know if I watch a bad TV show, but I will say uh, me and Mo started a show on Netflix called 90s Suck or something like that, Um, and it was horrible, and we watched the entire season in one sitting. We just started the first episode and watched it all the way through. That was the first time I ever saw Sydney Sweeney. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that girl you're, is. You're almost 30. You're almost 30. That girl sh- is sh- hot. You're almost 30. That girl is hot. God damn. Woo. Hamana, 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 awooga, awooga. Yeah, me and Mo watched yeah, some shitty show called 90s Suck. And it was horrible. We watched the whole thing in one sitting. Um, 
I did that with 13 That's Reasons Why. That's an alternate in case you need to cut the first one. But I don't... I, Watching a show, do I actively watch a show that is bad? Well, that's what I'm thinking is like, I'm thinking about the shows that I watch passively. Like Bob's Burgers is not as good as people think it actually is. It's decent. It's not one of the greatest shows of all time. I've seen 11, 13 seasons of that show. And like, you know what I'm saying? I've watched like more Bob's Burgers than like, you know, I've watched more of Bob's Burgers than It's Always Sunny. Straight up. Like I only started watching Sunny like after season five or something like that. So um, it's crazy. Yeah. But I've seen like almost every episode of Bob's Burgers and I never I never actively watch it. I'm always passively watching it. Bob's Burgers, man. That was a that's just something that you kind of like put on while you're cooking. You know what I'm saying? Like or or painting or whatever that show. I just don't like it. Um, But I mean, I wouldn't say it's a bad show by any means. I used to watch the show called The Arrow. Um, on the CW and you know, it's like a shitty DC show. And I watched the first three seasons of that show and I was like, this is one of the worst fucking shows I've ever seen. I could not stop watching it. And it was just, it's bad, man. It's like actually bad. It's one of these, like literally no character ever dies ever shows. And and then it's also like every character becomes a superhero by like season three. It's like him, his girlfriend, but all three of his girlfriends, his sister, his best friend, his best friend's dad, his best friend's dad's cousin, his best friend's dad's cousin's fucking dog. Every single one of them becomes either a superhero or supervillain. They all have unbelievable skills and training within like a day. It's just like ridiculous um, shit like that. So it's it's really bad, but I loved it and I watched it for a while. Um, But I don't still, you know, actively watch that show. Me and my ex, me and my ex watched Too Hot to Handle on Netflix. <laughs> you could say that about almost every reality show. Yeah, we watched the entire first season of that, and that show sucked ass. Um, I uh, Oh, I remember watching, so uh, back when uh, you didn't just get all episodes of your favorite show dropped, <laughs> um, Community was in between seasons. And so I started watching How I Met Your Mother because I heard everyone talk about it all the time. And I watched like two or three seasons straight. And then Community, the new season finally premiered. And then I think it was season five that premiered. And then I... Which, oof, you've really gone a long time without good Community. Right. So then I come back to start picking back up on uh, How I Met Your Mother. And I was like, this sucks ass. (laughs) I was like, this show is bad. Holy shit. Because Community just blew it out of the water. Yeah. I remember you had like the opposite experience with 30 Rock where you were like, you never watched it for a long time. And then you finally went to go see it and you were like, dang, the show was actually pretty good. Yeah, I think it was uh, just ahead of my time. I I wasn't like quite, I I wasn't there yet. You didn't get the nuance as much. I didn't. Yeah. Um, But yeah, uh, there's a lot of shows that are kind of like that. I mean, I think the number one for me. Number one. Number <laughs> no. one. I did that for the draft for the number one and none of the, not the rest of them. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the uh, number one bad TV show that I love to watch has to be Ghost Adventures. Me and Taylor, <laughs> me and Taylor love Ghost Adventures and we do probably the best. Like, I, like I've seen a lot of uh, sketch comedy shows do jokes about ghost hunting TV shows. Even I think like one of the best ones is Bobby Bottle Bobby Service. Bobby Bottle Service. Right. But like I'm telling you, me and Taylor do the best gag of of ghost adventures specifically. And like like one of the things that we always joke about is that the host of the show, Zach, he fucking hates Aaron. Like there's another guy on the show whose name is Aaron. 
<laughs> I swear to God, he hates him. And it's just like, anytime Aaron's like, whoa, did you hear that? It's just like, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, stop, stop, shut up, shut up, stop. Aaron, Aaron. And then he's like, uh, Dad, this is the hole that all the demons live in and they want to kill you and choke you out. Aaron, go in there. Aaron, go. Aaron, go. Go down there. And we're just like, like every every joke we do, just he just fucking hates Aaron. The other thing is that the main the host of the show, Zach, uh, he really, really wants to be sexually assaulted by a ghost. He really, really wants to be sexually assaulted. So anytime someone says, anytime a woman explains that she feels that she was sexually assaulted by a ghost, he's like, Tell me more about that. Explain, like, where did he grab you? Like, on your breasts? Like, on your, like, did he grab your neck? Did he slap your ass? Did he fuck you? Did he bend you over? Did he bend you over and fuck you? And then, like, he'll go and be like, hey, ghost, I heard you like to grab people's dicks. Are you going to grab my ass? Are you going to grab my, are you big enough? Are you strong enough to grab my fucking ass? Are you going to fuck me, ghost? Uh Huh? Are you? Please. <laughs> he wants to be sexually assaulted by a ghost so bad. Uh, and then the reenactments we think is, are so funny. Uh, we went to go watch an, an episode of the show recently. Uh, and we just picked a random episode from like season five million because they have a shit ton of seasons. And the first thing the host of the show, again, this guy is just such a dumbass. The first thing he says, the first thing he says is. So normally we don't go into places like this that have high emotional impacts um, for places that have suffered really significant, um, you know, tragedies. And I was like, this is like season 14. Everywhere you go, someone was murdered. Someone was murdered. And <laughs> what, you, what the fuck? He's like, yeah, there were two people who were murdered in this house behind me. I'm like, that's all you do is go into places with high emotional tragedies. What are you fucking talking about? Every episode, 14 people were slaughtered in this house. They're still here to this day. And he's like, normally we don't do this. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, it's just like the show is so bad. And then he's like, this was a horrible tragedy where two people were brutally murdered in a home invasion that turned dark. And then they're just showing reenactments of people having bags over their heads and blood splatter and fucking gunshots and shit. I'm just like. If this is so tragic, why are you reenacting it? Like, what? The, could you imagine being a member of the family who, who you know, experienced this, and the guy who's investigating the ghost of your dead parents is like, this was terrible, and then shows a fucking reenactment of people getting murdered. It's just like, the show is fucking insane, but I love it, and we can't stop watching it. That show is horrible. I couldn't even, I, there's no way I can make it more than 10 minutes in that show. Um the best part is they never end the episode. They're always just like, whoa, did you hear that? That's crazy. Dan, there was a lot of stuff here. Boom, credits. <laughs> and that's it. They are never. They don't do a wrap up. <laughs> they don't wrap anything up. Jesus Christ. Like, go watch the show. You'll be like, oh, shit, that was the end. That was the end. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, I used to watch a lot of, I used to watch a lot of bad TV thanks to MTV. So <laughs> next, parental control. You Jersey know, Shore. Speaking of, you know, fake shows like Ghost Adventures. RJ Burger. I used to think that show was so funny. But that ne show is next, parental control, uh, Room Raiders. <laughs> I've watched <laughs> some horrible Blow TV. Mama. Now, these days, there's some there's some ones that could be considered bad TV that we watch. Um, definitely Thousand Pound Sisters. I could see people thinking that show sucks. And like, it's just bad. I get it, but I like yeah. it. We like it. We like it. Um, and uh, my personal one that I think some people are like, really? You think that show's good? Diners, drive-ins, and dives, bro. 
Del, yeah, Daniel, I think I've said this on the pod before, <laughs> and I will say it again. Uh, Daniel is an unironic fan of Guy Fieri. I, Guy Fieri is literally so fucking dope. Yeah. I love him. Like, if, so. if Daniel, like, met Guy Fieri, he would want a selfie unironically. Oh, my God, yeah. Unironically. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Not as a joke. He would be like, I'm so happy to meet this guy. Yeah. I look up to you. I think he's awesome. And I know you want that job. I know you want that job. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Next question here. <laughs> Who, in your opinion, is the most talented actor slash actress right now? Right now. Me. Right Next question. Now. <laughs> um, I... I mean, mm. we really blew Jason Schwartzman a couple episodes ago. He's doing great <laughs> he right now. He is very good. He is very good. He's been, too, he's been very good in his two most recent roles. Mm-hmm. Um, the best, though? I mean, we could I, we could kind of talk this out, right? We don't have to just have an answer. I mean, no, Tony, Tony Collette comes Tony straight Collette to mind. Tony Collette is up there. But I'm thinking, like, right now, what does that mean? In, in the last year? Who's, the last, hot, who's hot right who's now? Who's hot right now? Margot Robbie. I mean, both Margot Robbie and Ryan Gosling, I think, are up there. I mean, I love... I think there was a long time where Ryan Gosling was my favorite actor. Honestly, um, same. I loved Ryan Gosling. I mean, you gotta think, like, The Notebook, and then Driver, and Drive. Blue, Blue Valentine. What did I say? Driver. What? It's drive. What? That's so embarrassing and not even close. It's Drive. I thought you're talking about the. We're talking about the same movie, right? The guy, the the golfer, where he plays the golfer who hits the ball first, and that's it. Shut up, Driver. Shut up. <clears throat> I golf. I I golf. He has his fucking uh, toothpick. Yeah, he puts gloves. He puts golfing gloves on. It's my job. I golf. Um, uh, so yeah, Drive, and then he had uh, La La Land. Like all of those were just fantastic. Even Crazy Stupid Love. Crazy Stupid Love. You got to love that role, man. That's the role he was born to play. That movie Being definitely. Being a hot I, asshole. <laughs> I, watched, I watched that one not too long ago. Hot and asshole it, is my nickname. It definitely has some problematic shit in it, for sure. It's kind of problematic. Right. But, um, Bitches be crazy. <laughs> but uh, The movie. <laughs> but yeah, that's a, a, he's good in that. He was just, he's so good in everything You he's know had. what? Speaking of Crazy Stupid Love, Steve Carell, I think is, I think he's one of the GOATs. I love him. Um, he's there's some that w- have worked for me, and there's some that haven't. When it comes to his serious roles, uh, I mean, I really, really liked um, the uh, Seeking a Stranger for the End of the World. That was one. That was a movie that really, I don't know. It was just like so under the radar. I felt like, and I loved that movie. I would watch it again right now. Um, yeah, some of his serious roles are fantastic. Uh, the you know what was the movie about him? He did played the character. Who does the photography with dolls? Do you know? You know? Remember what I'm talking about? We went to go see it on like Christmas Day. Oh, and it was a, like a biopic about a guy who suffered a serious tragedy, and he was like yeah. takes pictures of um, army characters. He did great in that. He was good in that. I don't remember the name of that movie. It, it was, was. It's a made up name because it's like the name of three different women or something like that, like combined together. Yeah. To be like the name of a city, so it, it's not like a real word. Right. Um. So don't fault us for not remembering. Fuck yeah, you guys. Chill this out. was years ago. Chill out. Years ago. This was like the one of the times my one of the six times my mom has seen a movie in theaters. <laughs> I will say, uh, since this is hot right now, I'll say that Jeremy Allen White is very talented at acting. Um, he's the one that plays Carmi in The Bear. He is really good in that show for sure. Um, I'm trying to think about who's fucking in everything. Because I have more ideas of overrated actors because Timothy Chalamet comes to mind. I don't think he's that good. And he's in fucking everything right now. 
you know, know who's what? really good too, by the way? The guy who plays the, his scummy cousin. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. Because he was in Girls, that show Girls, and he played such a good, interesting character. Kind of like this one, because it was like someone you want to root for, but you just fucking can't. Like, it gets to a point where you kind of can't, but he, like, plays so pathetic. He plays pathetic so well. I, oh, it, yeah. Which is crazy, because he doesn't seem pathetic. Like, I don't know. It's hard, like... Him as his kind of look and his vibe, but yeah. Anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, I, uh, golly, I'm gonna butcher this. Shot, Sharona, Shasharon, Shasharon, Ladybird. <laughs> What's her? Sorsha Ronan. Sorsha Ronan. That's what I said. Sorsha Ronan. Sorsha Ronan. Ladybird. She's great. I like. I think she's really good. She is good. I thought she was really good in Lady Bird. I actually really liked her in See How They Run. She had probably the best comedic timing of everyone in that. Um, Colin Farrell is in everything these days. Colin he, Farrell's good. He's pretty fantastic. Colin Farrell's good. Um, the guy who, oh man, the guy who plays Hannibal. I can't remember his name. Um, I know Timothy's obsessed with him. Too. How about uh, Florence Pugh? Um, more like Florence P. You, <laughs> sorry. I said every t- I actually like her a lot. Uh, no, I love Florence. She's kind of in everything, and she's she's talented. I mean, when her in Midsummer, which I mean, that's kind of her breakout role, right? Um, she gets the opportunity to work with a director who I think physically stabs people on set. So, um, <laughs> you know, he's a uh, which I mean, he gives all credit to the actors and actresses that he gets to do those crying sequences. But that role, she was phenomenal in. She was phenomenal. And uh, the thing is, is that I just don't think she's reached that level of performance in anything she's been in since then. Um, didn't absolutely love her in Marvel. She does a good Russian accent, sure. But it's a Marvel thing. It's not the kind of series that you're going to show off your acting talent. Um, and then, you know, she was pretty good in, in Don't Worry, Darling. But not, again, I don't know. I just She just doesn't reach that peak of Midsummer to me. I think that's what's hard about this question. Is While as like Tony Collette, I think was just as good in Knives Out, where she kind of blows, like she kind of takes over the screen in Knives Out in her scenes. Yeah, you know, and and it's not like Hereditary was her peak. Yeah, United States of Terra is a show that she was the lead in. That yeah, okay. Can we talk about this real quick? A lot. Uh, let's show some fucking respect to Tony Collette because when goddamn James McAvoy played the dude in split people were like he's one of the greatest actors of all time oh my god he's so fucking good because he had to play like 40 characters in that movie he had to play several different characters and so he's so good i'm like wow dude that, that guy can do like five other voices and say well now nah, my name is patricia and but and he that makes him one of the best fucking actors of all time meanwhile tony collette did multiple seasons of a tv show of someone who had did and had to play other characters you know what's impressive too? Aren't both? So fuck. I, I know Tony Collette's Australian. Is, is James McAvoy British? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That that's always so impressive. I'm gonna just add a question to our roulette right now. Okay. Who who has the best American accent? Who's not actually American? Because I know my answer 100. I'm curious what yours would be. Honestly, the first person who comes to mind is Tom Holland. I did not know he was British when I first saw Spider-Man. He perfectly, he doesn't just nail the American accent. He nails the kid who grew up in Queens accent. 
which I feel like is a little bit difficult for. I'll have Amer- to check that one out. People who are American. Yeah, that's. Um, oh, you mean the movies that I gave you? The I DVDs know. I, I still have them. I will watch them. I will watch them. His American accent's perfect. It's perfect. I mean, I'll, I, I literally. I'll be the, not, I'll be the judge. Of that. I did not know that he was British <laughs> at all in that movie. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's up there. I think that I know um, a lot of people say Daniel Kaluuya. Oh man, now I'm messing up names. I always I know who you're say, talking about. I always want to say Kaluuya because that's just like a. Liqueur. I always want to say Kaluuya, <laughs> but yeah, because that's Daniel how I Kaluuya. Read it. He, uh, I know he gets mentioned a lot. Yeah, I mean, he's definitely got to be up there because I this also did not know he was British and get out at all, and yeah. he was fantastic. And then he does, uh, you know, uh, not the he does Black Panther, and so that was another really good example. Um, I mean, yeah, I think Margot Robbie's up there too for a lot of people because she's Australian and she doesn't really sound it. Um, and then I don't know. I mean, I feel like when like like back in the day, I really liked Jacks uh, Charlie Hunnam from uh, Sons of Anarchy. I said that backwards. Charlie Hunnam, Jacks from An- Sons of Anarchy, <laughs> and uh, he plays. You know, Jacks plays Charlie Hunnam. Uh, but no, he you know he did such a good American accent for so long that he doesn't even sound British anymore. And he talks about like how his British friends are like, "What happened to you?" That's a weird thing with um. That's a weird thing with Christian Bale too. His, oh yeah, I, I've, I'm always I've always been confused, but I think he's originally British. Oh yeah, and I think and now, now he sounds more British. Like it's weird as of late. Like it feels like yeah. he was like ashamed of the fact that he lost his accent a lot, but he's got to be up there. I mean, an all time because yeah, I mean he's another person that a lot of people don't know is British. Like, they don't even know that. Yeah. Well, you haven't said my answer. I was curious if you were going to say it. Okay, so go I'll, ahead. I'll say it. I know. I, you Idris know what? Elba. You're, no. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to make me say it. Um, I don't care that you broke your elbow. <laughs> I don't care. Um, <laughs> uh, it would be Tony Starr, um, the actor who plays Homelander. I think it's the best American accent I've ever heard. From someone, especially how intense his accent is off, like when he's not doing it. Right. But Billy Butcherson, not British in real life. So that's the, you know, you got the two. I'm just kidding. I'm making that up entirely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Carl Urban. I think he's, I think he is Australian. Who knows? I'm man. pretty sure he's Australian. I don't know. But, uh, but yeah, I, Homelander is one that. After like a season and a half, maybe I finally looked him up and I was like, cause I was like, this guy's such a good actor. Holy shit. And then I was like, Hey, wait, what? He's, he's fucking, pretty. he's a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. And that's, I was that's like, that's an even like more distinct shit. accent yeah, than Australian it, is. It's like, yeah. Holy cow. Out there. So I was just like, damn, his is fucking good. Crocodile Dundee. I think he's, uh, he's Asian. I think he's uh, Russian. I so think, that. Australian accent is perfect. I think what's underrated about good <laughs> a- accents, you know, either or, if it's an American doing a, a, a an alternate one or if it's uh, someone who's not American doing an American accent, what makes it really, really good, it's not, it, it's it's the cadence. It's that simple. I think it, it's, uh, I, I love accents. I find them very interesting, obviously. And uh I, I like hearing stuff that makes me go, oh, that's that's so interesting. It's like a like Kroll show is a big one, right? He does so many different accents on that show. So when he would play, when they would play their Jewish characters, and he would say like, like like what's the like? I'm trying to think like of a word with the R, like are you? No, it's like they say baba, 
instead of baba. Baba. Too much tuna. It'd be like, um, that's entirely too much tuna. But yeah, accents are, are very interesting. I, I agree that like th- there's a lot of because when you think about America, you have, um, you know, different accents for basically every region. And then you think across the country or across the, the world, um, you have different inflections of the same languages. A lot of times I think the one of the best people to ever do it is Fred Armisen. He can just do an impression of any accent or any region. Um, which he's famous for, you know, he does this bit on like late night shows. They'll like bring out a map and point to an area and he'll explain to you the difference between two accents. He'll explain to you the difference between a New York accent and a New Jersey accent. Like that's like that to that degree. Um, but I think one of the worst, here we go. One of the the worst people at accents. Uh Oh, I think Jennifer Lawrence is dog shit at every accent other than her real voice. Her in American hustle. So bad. She'd be like, like, she'd be trying to do like a Boston accent and she'd be like, I don't know. I had to go park my car. <laughs> and I'm like, what? She's like, yeah, you're wicked retarded. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, pick a lane, bitch. Retarded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I mean, no, there's definitely been some bad ones. Yeah. And then ever, someone else who, yeah. who's terrible at accents and we all know this. Because they will never play someone who is not their nationality. Christoph Waltz. No way he's good at accents. He plays a fucking German guy. he's always talking like this. <laughs> he yeah, plays a German person that's in true. everything he's ever been in. That's he played funny. fucking Water for Elephants, where he's the bad guy. He's a fucking German guy. Like, he just can't. Yeah. Even in a, wasn't he, he had his voice in Pinocchio. The, the yeah. one we watched for the pod. He had his he had his voice in fucking Django. He's like a fucking old yeah. Western German guy. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, I mean, there's I'm a big hater of uh, I love Christoph Waltz. I'm not saying anything. I'm just oh, he's a great actor. There's no yeah. way he can do it. It's a, yeah, that's an interesting thought experiment. I was like, oh, I bet he sucks at accents because he never does any you know alternative ones. I, I'm a big hater of uh, Tom Hardy's accent in The Revenant. I oh, hated yeah. that one. Um it's funny you brought up Idris Elba. I think his American oh, he's the accent worst. is pretty bad. His his British accent sucks and his American accent there's sucks. A, I don't know how that's possible. There's a, I wish <laughs> I knew his name. I wish I knew his name off the top of my head, but there's this comedian on Instagram who does a, who does a bit that is so funny and he's and it's uh the Irish guy who just moved to uh, America and is trying to fit in and he's like uh yeah, we should go and get um a car and go drive to the football game, uh, playing footy, and um, we can go get um, chips from hamburger place. Like, you know, whatever. I obviously can't do it. Uh, God, so much of this is going to get cut because now I'm just talking to you because <laughs> I'm filling you in on shit. Well, it's not going to get but, cut because it's an uncut episode. Shut up. Don't leave it uncut. You have to cut a lot of this. You have to cut so much, dude. I'm just rambling. Um, no, I'm sick of the bitching. I'm sick of the bitching about what gets cut. Fuck you guys. You want everything to be in? Here you go. Here's everything. Here's everything. Was that a funny bit? No, it wasn't. But it's in the episode. You're welcome, everyone. <sighs> I see you're still salty about that. No, I'm not. Actually. Um... Give me an accent, any accent, I'll do it. Uh, Colombian. All right, next question. All right, next question. Do a Colombian accent. Oh. 
Man, that was really good what I just did. I hope you don't cut that. Dang. Right. Yeah. This uncut episode. So if that is lost, man, that audio file got fucked up. I hope that doesn't happen. I that hope was that the best happen. I've that ever done suck. that accent. Um, all right. Next question is, what streaming service has the best content? Oh, my goodness. This is an interesting question because the answer is extremely TV. easy. You have TV versus movies, though. Right. You have TV yeah. versus movies, but this the answer is extremely obvious. But there's there's a lot of discussion to be had about this. The answer is Max, aka HBO. That's right. I dead named Max. I dead named you Max. Fuck you. What you mean HBO Go? HBO Go. <laughs> uh, HBO Go. <laughs> How about that? Um, Max has the best content because HBO has the best content. HBO has some of the greatest television shows ever made. They have. They have The Wire, definitely top, you know, one of the greatest shows ever made. They have The Sopranos, which for The Sopranos, when it was, you know, made, was considered the best television show of all time by most accounts. It was just like a generally agreed upon thing that The Sopranos was the best show. Even people who like liked other shows, they're like, yeah, I think objectively The Sopranos is the best show. And then a couple years later... They come out with Game of Thrones, and now Game of Thrones is objectively the best show that's ever been made. So it's like, you know, how do you say any other streaming platform has better content than them? And then they've gone out and bought some of the best, you know, they bought Comedy Central, essentially, so they can, you know, stream everything from Comedy Central. Um, and they've bought, like, Cartoon Network. They bought, like, a bunch of shit from the WB. I think they, like, own Warner, Swim. Warner they Brothers, Swim. Adult Swim. Um, so yeah, so they have some fucking incredible content incredible. and even like new stuff too. Um, you know, how to with John Wilson, how to with John incredible Wilson show. is fantastic. And then the, you know, of course they have like, you know, you're talking about comedy. They have, um, uh, the Larry David, like what, what's it? Uh, enthusiasm. enthusiasm, which is considered one of the best comedies and like most influential comedies. So HBO just absolutely dominates the game in terms of content. And, uh, I think because what they were some of the first people to say, Whatever you want to do, do it. You know, I think they were like the least commercialized, the least like studio heavy, you know, movie, like producers that were putting out con these, this like pay, you know, pay-per-view type of shit. You know what I'm saying? So they kind of it's an unfair comparison. It is, especially. Yeah, I, I remember learning about HBO's ties with Warner Brothers. So they that's why they're content was always so uh, high budget high budget and stuff because Netflix doesn't have access to these WB lots and shit to right. be able to sound stages and all this shit so yeah HBO just has good ties and they just know the right people um, but but yeah at the same time though you know it looks like yeah Max and then the HBO originals are way better than any fucking originals from anything else um, but a lot of those premium channels, like, you know, if those count, you know, you got a ton of good shows on Showtime. You know, that's the that they have Dexter and um, Ray Donovan and um, they had I'm pretty sure they had the Big C was on Showtime as well. So, uh, yeah, those, those are those are hard ones to really put in that same conversation as like fucking Hulu and Netflix. Right. Because it like I feel like when you're comparing Max, well, then you have to compare Max to fucking Paramount Plus. You got to compare, you know what I'm saying? Because Paramount Plus is just CBS uh, on television now and Paramount, you know? So it's like, well, does HBO Max count? Does Max count as a streaming platform when they were a fucking just premium channel for decades before they, you know, streaming was a thing? Whereas Netflix and Hulu and, you know, those platforms are just that, you know, they've only ever been this. Um, so 
that's that's where the conversation goes because I do think that um, for a long time Netflix had way better original content than Hulu. Now I think they're getting to a point where it is comparable. Um, you know, I think that Stranger Things is probably the best of 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 all of the streaming platforms that have only ever been streaming platforms. The best original show to come out of those, I think, is Stranger Things, which is a strong opinion. It might be somewhat controversial. I don't know. But that show, I really only think they have one bad season, and that's season three, and it's kind of boring. But season four was so fucking good, I forgave it for season three. It's hard for me to even remember what... It's always changing. They're always saying, okay, you can have these now, and but now we get these. And So I remember when all of Adult Swim's stuff um, was on Hulu, and right. I loved Hulu's selection because they had all of It's Always Sunny... They had all of Hulu still Eric has Andre FX. show. Yeah. So they had Eric Sons Andre of Anarchy, show, Justified, yeah. um, you know, Sunny. That's all. All of FX is on Hulu, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Season one of Legion, always worth watching. Atlanta is on Hulu. Atlanta. Because oh. they have FX. Yep. But yeah, um, uh, and I love, I love that Netflix has uh, Last Chance You. I love Last Chance You. I'll Great even series. rewatch them. Um, they have Arrested Development, which I'm rewatching right now. Love that show. So good. Um, they have Community. They have Bird Box. <laughs> they have Bird Box. Um, but, but yeah, yeah they're the ones that I've, yeah, then you have the bottom tiers. You have the ones that I will never, you know, purchase like Paramount Plus and, right. uh, which Peacock. they have SpongeBob. Um, but it, they're, they're streaming actually sucks on Paramount Plus. Um, Peacock also is, is on towards the bottom. Uh, Discovery Plus, they have all the TLC shows. So if you're really big into like like they like they have all the baking shows too. They have all the like uh, Food Network shows. So Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. That's on Discovery Plus. Um, so when you talk about like reality television, definitely Discovery Plus is the leader in that category. They have all of the best reality television that's ever been made. Um, even they had Ghost Adventures for a really long time too, which I think HBO recently bought Ghost Adventures from them. So. Um, which again, one of the best reality TV shows, <laughs> but yeah, so it, it's like, they all kind of have like their own niche. I feel like Netflix and Hulu are in their own category. Whereas HBO is more comparable to like Showtime and fucking stars. And, you know, those are the premium channels that became streaming. Um, and then, you know, you have your TV channels that became streaming like discovery. All right, moving on. You ready? <laughs> What movie made you the happiest? So this is the opposite of the question of the movie that made you cry the most. Right. Whoa. What made you feel so much joy? Yeah. Um, I I definitely think that Peanut Butter Falcon made me feel very happy. Made me, that was a very, like, feel-good movie. That was a, that's a good answer. Good answer. Good answer. Uh, that is true. That movie does have a good, happy ending. You gotta love that. Um, you know, there's not a lot of movies that have happy endings. Um, but there are a lot of massages that do. Drums? <laughs> no! You got applause, though. I wanted to... Um, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World has a happy ending. That movie makes me happy when I watch it. 
Same. I'm, ne- I'm never in a bad mood when I finish that one. Same. Michael Sarah's breaking down his most iconic, you know, characters GQ series or whatever. Yeah. It dro- uh, dropped very recently, like in the past couple of days. And he was talked talked about Scott Pilgrim, um, and that's why when you were talking about Static Shock, I was like, man, Edgar Wright should have a hand in it since he's so. That's good. so true. Like you know, and uh, it was so cool hearing him talk about it because he said that it took nine months to film. Which is a long time, right? <laughs> and he was like, it, he said it was one of the most exhausting things he's ever done as an actor, and that he misses it every day. He says, oh. he says, like when it wrapped, he was like, oh my god, I like, I, I don't I'm know, getting what to do sad. Next, yeah. yeah, I miss, and that's how I feel yeah. every time the movie ends for me. I know. I'm right. like, man, I'm gonna watch it again. It's <laughs> like yeah, I, that yeah. movie will always make me happy and put me in a good mood. Is watching yeah. Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. So I think that's probably number one for me. Uh, the only other thing I think is up there is like Harry Potter. I love like it's not a you know it's it's hey it's a happy series in the fact that the good guys win, but obviously there are some sad moments in it. But I love Harry Potter, so when I watch it, I'm happy because I love that series. Yeah, honestly, Django, Django, you can't be in when, a bad mood. Yeah, watching when Django, Django end, it was just like it was a feeling, I guess, of triumph more than anything. Yeah, um, but still, it was a good feeling. Like, I remember feeling like, oh, this is so awesome, like so badass. Um, so yeah. I think that one's up there for Taylor too. She loves Django. That's what like like I try and tell her all the time that that's her favorite movie. And she's like, no, I don't want it to be my favorite movie because you showed it to me. I'm like, that doesn't matter. I'm like, you love that movie. And if I say, hey, do you want to watch Django? You'll say yes every oh, time. Speaking of bad accents, Quentin Tarantino. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's horrible. Does he count? <laughs> well, he was. He's so, not an actor. He was so. But tell him Someone that. Was, <laughs> but say, just tell him that. So he needs to be informed. Um, all right, moving on. Next question. <laughs> All right. Off the heels of the movie that made you happiest, uh, best documentary. Um, here's the thing about this question. We forgot a movie in the last episode, or at least I forgot a movie, that uh, makes me cry every time. And here I, here, I know Daniel will be able to guess it just based off of this. We have shown this movie to other people to trick them into crying. What movie? Am I <laughs> Uh, that would be Dear Zachary. Dear Zachary. Hey, <laughs> if you've never seen Dear Zachary, it's fine. It's a normal movie. Go check it out. <laughs> Go check it out. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good documentary. <laughs> Don't listen to what I said before. Just go. And if you have a friend, if you have seen it and you have a friend who hasn't seen it, have them watch it and tell them, yeah, it's a pretty good regular documentary. <laughs> yeah. Just a normal. Here's how I tricked my wife. I got her so good. She <laughs> died during this movie. She cried. I think this has got to be Taylor's answer for the hardest. I, this is the hardest, hardest I've ever seen her cry from a movie. Here's how I tricked her. Uh, I told her it was a true crime documentary. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, no, this movie's about true crime. It's like about like the, like the, how the system like messed up this guy's case and like, you know, really like, like fucked it up, which is true. That is true. That's what the movie's uh-huh, about. Uh huh. So yeah, I tricked her that way. Uh, yeah. But that and we movie, won't spoil. You know, we're not going to spoil, spoil anything. This. But just you know, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's a totally regular. It's movie. Totally regular. It's a, it's true, a true crime, crime documentary. <laughs> uh, if you like true crime, you'll it's be, about how this guy, like this government, and like they this messed up this guy's case, right? So, um, and you know what? In that same reflection, though, uh, the actual like the best documentary I've ever seen, which I think is one of the best movies I've ever seen, is the movie. Um, the act of killing. If you haven't seen that documentary, it's horrifically daunting. And it's just one of the most creative ways I've ever seen someone make a documentary. 
Um, and that documentary is about the uh, genocides that took place in Indonesia. Most people don't know about the genocides that took place in Indonesia because, um, you know, it's not the typical genocide you're used to. <laughs> it this was ain't the, your usual genocide. It was the genocide <laughs> of the communi- quote unquote communist party, which mostly meant them killing Chinese and Japanese people in Indonesia and anybody suspected of or being accused of being a communist. And the way that they tell this story is they center it around a primary, like former general of the military. And they have him tell the story of what happened and tell him we're making a movie. We can do whatever you want to do. However you want us to tell the story, we'll do it. So he like gets actors and he does reenactments and he like he like he's like excited to tell this story. Yeah. And not until towards the end of the movie that he realizes he was a fucking monster. Yeah. And it's really horrifying to watch. It's genius. It's genius. It's genius. Um, the way that they structure it. And um, yeah, man. Um, and it's just like when you think about like that one leaves you silent. Like yes. That's one of those documentaries that just you don't even know what to say. When you talk about governmental brainwashing and like you, know, you, th- you think about like North Korea and, and China, it's like this guy was brainwashed 100 percent. And it's so bad. Like he just casually talks about the way that he that's why the you know the name has the the title of the movie guy. It's titled like when he talks about the act of killing. Like, he just so casually talks about the way that he would torture and murder people. And it's really fucking jarring to watch. And then when he watches the footage back and shit, it's just like, it's just absolutely crazy. And the whole, and it, again, that's just a small part of the movie because there's a bunch of people, a bunch of you know subjects in the movie. It's mostly centered around one guy, but there's a lot of people that they talk to. So yeah. that is the best, like, I think just objectively the best documentary I've ever seen. Um, I know, you know, this is one, a big one for both of us is the thin blue line. That movie I think was the catalyst for this, for documentary filmmaking. Now, I think when you think about documentaries made before the thin blue line, they were not made this way. And the guy who made this Errol Morris, Errol Morris, Errol Morris is, I think the father of modern documentary, documentaryism. All right, sorry. Let me retake that. I think Earl Morris is the daddy of of modern documentarianism. <laughs> that's that's, <laughs> that's the part. Yeah, that's that's the part I want to change. Um, because when you think of a documentary, what what things do you think of? Okay, talking heads. Okay, interviews of people uh, discussing things. Reenactments. Reenactments yeah. of like dramatic, events. What do they call them? Dramatization. Yeah, dramatic reenactments. Yeah, you know, dr- dramatized dramatization. Dramatizations. Dram- dramatized reenactments. Um, the withholding of information only to be revealed later, um, showing, uh, clips and shots of, uh, newspapers, police reports, news, uh, you know, articles and, and, uh, footage from the news, right? You think about all of these things, those things did not exist in filmmaking like core until Earl Morris. They just did like the thin blue line is one of the greatest documentaries ever made. And it revolutionized the way that we make documentaries now. And it's about a, a, a Dallas, a Dallas, a case. Dallas, Callis, a Dallas, Dallas Callis. County, a Dallas County case. Something's afoot. We got to figure it and out. And it's about police corruption. 
very interesting. uh, Yeah. The forced narratives. Oh, it's really, really fucking well done. It's really good. And it's one of the, uh, I think one of the most viral documentaries was that Netflix making a murderer. And that's like, it's just, it owes everything. It owes everything. Everything because it plays, uh, it was an interesting thing that clearly doesn't have, it doesn't have a narrative. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's not like, we're making this to show you that this is bad or like this is whatever. It is playing Let's show you out. the truth. Yeah. Let's show you exactly what happened. Let's show you and then we're going to – they even – what's I love the thin, uh, what I love about the Thin Blue Line is when they they get like falsified accounts and then show a reenactment of the falsified account. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, I love what? this so much yeah. because like, like one of the things that they did in this movie that really, really like goes – like it's one of the moments of the movie you go, oh, shit, this is getting – this is real. Like this is this is really fucked up is they talk about they show interviews of police officers jokingly talk about how they were looking for a specific type of car based on eyewitness testimony. Like it was like, oh, we're looking for like a blue Corvette or something like that with taillights that are square or something like that. And they keep showing this reenactment of the car, a blue Corvette driving off with these square lights, like driving off with these square lights like over and over again. And they keep talking about how they were looking for the car. They were stopping every single blue Corvette on the road. They were stopping every single car that looked like this in the entire county and all over the state. And people were getting pulled over. They were doing roadblocks and only stopping cars that looked like this. And then like fucking eight months later, they were like, oh, shit, no, it wasn't that car. It was another car. And the police are like, yeah, we, we, we spent all our time doing that. And then it shows a car that is the actual car with like round headlights or whatever. That's also a blue car that's like a Chevy instead of a Corvette. And it drives away and it looks so similar that you go, oh, my God, all of the eyewitness testimony in this entire case is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It's all fucking bullshit. There's no way. There's no way anybody could actually distinguish anything in the dead of night on a back road in Dallas in the fucking 80s with no streetlights. Yep. There's no way anyone saw anything. And then the rest of the movie is about fucking eyewitness testimony. One of the best moments in that movie one of the best moments of that movie is the fucking rude ass editing, which they do this in making a murderer too. They have a guy who was one of the eyewitness testimonies. He goes, <laughs> you remember this moment too, right? You know exactly what I'm going to talk about. It sounds familiar. Yeah. So the, one of the guys, he was one of the guys who did the eyewitness testimony who testified against the guy who went to prison for this. He goes, you know, I, I've, I'm always been someone who is a very detail oriented person. I see everything that I see. I process really well. I remember things very clearly. I think about the small details of all the things that I encounter and that I see. And then a little bit later, he's like, so I saw this guy or maybe it was a woman. No, it was a guy. <laughs> and I think so he had he had curly hair. Well, it was kind of straight. I think a little curly. It was either red or brown. I can't remember if it was brown or red. And then it cuts back to him going, I remember all the details. I everything. And it's just like, that's you? so good. You, you? I like, do kind of remember that now. Right. And then they do the same thing with the woman. She's like, I've always loved crime television. I've always wanted to be a detective. I love listening to, to these, you know, detective cases. I've always wanted to be a detective. I love watching like, like, you know, Hawaii Five-0 or whatever, you know, it's like, I always love watching these shows. And then later it's like, no, I knew it was him. And I stood up in the courthouse and I just pointed at him and I screamed, that's him officer. And then it cuts back to her. Like, I've always loved television. I've always loved dramatized, you know, it's yeah, just like, yeah. oh my God, like that, uh, that documentary is incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome to have a, 
a reference point for, oh, this changed the game. This is why you see what you see in all these documentaries, you know? Yeah. I mean, everyone knows, you know, every Netflix documentary is going to say, is going to have the same kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like it's right. going to be overhead shots of cityscape. Right. And, uh, you know, I mean, you could point out a bunch of these. The you talking know. heads, the police reports. It's going to be like, yeah, everything was, everything was completely Great. in order until it wasn't. <laughs> right. And then it's like, and it just says a Netflix document. You know, whatever, right. Whatever. Right. So it's like we all. Armand did this. He did this. He did In this. the 80s. But I want to say Last Chance You, I know I've already mentioned it, is so good. So fucking so good. So good. The concept alone. The concept and then the fact that these guys who make these, they clearly are filmmakers. These, this is not a sure. hobby. This, they are professionals, and they know how to tell a story, and they know how to make it look like a film. It is so well shot, um, and what they choose to include in the narratives that they start to build with the footage they have is so good and human, and just so human. It's and better than fucking Hard Knocks, which is an well, HBO yeah. series. Say, dude, I. It's essentially agree. the same thing, just different levels. Completely agree, and yeah. So, last chance, you um, really good. Uh, Grizzly Man, uh, Werner Herzog documentary, Grizzly Man. Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog, the worst part about, uh, who's that Paul F. Tompkins who plays that character? Yeah. Um, Grizzly Man is a great documentary because it has just such a fascinating, weird, off-kilter, um, subject. And he's a very weird guy who believes that he has some kind of spiritual human connection to bears and hangs out with them. He makes all these, it's essentially the story it's of like brother nature. It's the story. Who's, who's that? He's the guy who like had the, um, the deer that would always come up to him and he would talk to him. And then he, Oh, you know he got, he like got beat up and like it ruined his reputation. I don't remember what happened with that. He but got, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. I, I forgot about that dude. Um, this guy, Timothy Treadwell, Decided to leave his life of, uh, I think he was an actor in Hollywood and shit. Decided to leave his life because he was fucking, he was a nut job. I mean, he was a nut job. I mean, if you watch the documentary, you can determine if you think he's kind of cool or whatever. I think he's a fucking nutcase. And so, I mean, he's a sweet guy. He had some sweet, you know, he seemed nice, but like nut job. So he like thinks that he has this connection. <laughs> I'm just thinking about the other connotation of the word nut job. Yeah, I got a nut, I got a nut job last week. <laughs> You're sick. Got a nut job from your bitch. Um, <laughs> he and and that, this is a very highly regarded documentary, so I know it's pretty famous and popular. But um, uh, I never heard of this story, so I'm just like, whatever. The reason that I love this documentary, it's very, it it looks just because of the technology back then. This is from like early 2000s. Um, it looks so homemade and like, but it's. It's the fact that it's the fact that Werner Herzog is so fucking sad. Like he, I, the quotes that he'll just drop into this, like to this documentary. I'm like, yo, hold up, rewind that. And the, hey, yo, pause. Hey, yo, pause. Yo, that's sus. Oh uh, no, he has the the one that I remember the most. He says, <laughs> "This is just like random." It, 
just random because this subject is again he thinks he has a special connection with bears so he hangs out with bears studies them like blah blah, blah and is just putting himself in danger at all times you're never gonna guess how the documentary ends he gets killed by a bear <laughs> he gets mutilated by a bear oh my god and there's a tape of it there's because he filmed all of this so there's audio recording and I, there's actually a really powerful moment where Werner Herzog finally listens to the recording of just this man being torn alive, right? And he was with another woman at the time who was there to witness it and saw it happen. You hear her screams, you know, whatever. You don't get to hear the tape as an audience member, but you get to watch Werner Herzog listen to the tape. And he listens to the tape. And you see him just very intensely listening. And I think it's like, you know, Timothy's sister, I think maybe who has the recording. He takes out the headphones and he's like, you should delete that. That should not exist. Delete that. Like, it's just powerful. Like, he's like, get rid of that. Get rid of it. And he said, no one should ever have to hear that. And um, Did they play it in the doc? No. Like, they, you never hear Boo. it. And she gets rid of it. Boo. But anyways, it's just so funny because this carrot, this subject is like rainbows and sunshine and everyone's the same. And bears are not savages that can murder you. But Werner Herzog... You know, you're hearing this Timothy Treadwell just do this, you know, kind of namaste stuff. And then Werner Herzog just drops a quote like, I believe the common denominator of the universe is not harmony, but chaos, hostility and murder. <laughs> I mean, like, he ain't wrong. I'm like, bro, bars. <laughs> and it's like funny. And then they just start playing like a ukulele song or something. I'm like, bro, this He's is like, you're actually, it's the opposite of what you think. It's not all rainbows and sunshine. It's actually all murder and death. I mean, it's so like, it's such a good documentary, man. Yeah. I, uh, I recommend it. It's a good watch. Uh, the last one I want to mention just real quick and, and we'll move on is something that's like kind of similar in, in terms of what you're talking about, the ending, uh, not him getting mauled by a bear, but, <laughs> uh, experiencing the, the tragedy, like for the first time kind of thing. Um, there's a movie, a documentary, one of my favorite directors, like I think one of the most underrated directors, um, Bobcat Goldthwait. I've, I've been obsessed with him for a long time and you know this and, um, he has a documentary called call me lucky, absolutely devastating documentary to watch. But, um, if you don't know, like what Bobcat Goldthwait has been doing lately is he's directing a lot of people's stand-up specials. Like, you know what I'm saying? He did the Ron Funches one. Patton Oswalt's most recent special was directed by him. So, um, he's been a big name in the, you know, comedy scene for a long time, but his documentary call me lucky, one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. And it's literally, it's about this guy who was a incredible comedian, um, who was like really highly regarded in the, in the comedy scene who did a lot of like really harsh political comedy. Like one of his most famous jokes that I remember from the documentaries, he says, if people say, Hey, if you hate America so much, why don't you leave? And he's like, because I don't want to be a victim of their foreign policies. Uh, <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> like that level of like, fuck America, like Man. that much. Is it, is, is it about Bill Hicks? Um, no, it's about, uh, Barry Crimmins. Oh, okay, sorry. That sounds like such a Bill Hicks joke. Sorry. But anyways, so he's this really famous comedian where one day he goes up on stage and instead of, instead of telling jokes, he literally explains to the audience how he was sexually, like s severely sexually abused um, by his babysitter's boyfriend for years when he was like three years old and how much it's affected his life and, and the, the tragedy of that. And then walks off stage, doesn't tell a single joke. And then he doesn't go back to comedy like he just let that was it. He did that. And then instead he dedicated his life to stopping like pedophile online pedophile uh, crimes, 
like he dedicated uh, his life to going to to like Senate hearings and going to fucking security councils and shit like that and explaining to them how horrific the child pornography rings and pedophile rings are going on. Like this was like early days of the Internet. Like this is like AOL fucking messengers and chat rooms and shit like that where they're spreading, you know, they're selling children, selling child pornography and shit like that. And um, like helping them like understand it's a really big fucking problem and in, in, in putting an end to it. Um, and then, you know, he like throughout the documentary, they're showing bits of this set where he does a set at the end of the movie, essentially, where he's talking about their process of making the documentary. And he like explain like and he does a couple of political jokes again, you know, all this stuff. Um, and then like at the end of the movie, he goes back to the place where it happened to him for the first time since he was an adult. And it's just, it's just a really, really creative way of telling the story and a really interesting story to tell. I think that that's the, that's when you're making a documentary, that's the two things you need to figure out. What is a good story to tell and how do I tell the story? Well, Mm -hmm. you know, and you need both of those things. I don't think a good, you can make a good documentary about a bad story. And I, but you can also make a bad documentary about a good story if you don't do it well. So you need those two elements to make something really great. Um, And so I just think that this movie does those two things. Really well. Hell yeah. uh, so go check it out if you haven't seen it. I think that one's really under the radar. I will people. I will absolutely watch that. That sounds fascinating. And I, I that's what's so cool about this podcast, too. I like that. we. Uh, I hope that we kind of put some people on. You know what I mean? I know we yeah. joke about like, oh, we're going to bring up this movie for the you know 18th time. Um, but I hope it's a movie like, after, you know, uh, I would say After Earth. Oh, my God. No, no one goes. Another yeah, Earth. Another Earth. <laughs> Uh, you know, another Earth. Obviously, we talk about it tons, but not everybody has seen that movie. I That's think this movie's fucking incredible. Like, just go. You know, I hope that we get to put people on to some movies and just share stuff because me and Dave do it all the time. So now, and I'm we hope to, you guys do it for us too. I'm about to go see Call Me Lucky. Yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. Go, go hit it. Go hit us up. If there's a documentary that you're like, oh, you guys like those, you're gonna love this. Yeah. Let us know. Oh my god, Minding the Gap. Minding the Gap. Minding the Gap. I'll go check it out. I haven't seen it. That's that's my uh, yeah. All right, moving on. Best album cover art. Album cover art. Album cover art. Um, That's a good question. You know what's funny about this question? I think that both of our favorite bands don't have that great of cover art. I feel like Deftones has like two good cover arts and then the rest are mid. (laughs) And, And Manchester Orchestra has no good cover art. Yeah, um, I like Black Mile to the Surface, but I do. Um, I like Black Mile to the Surface for how it relates to the message of the album really well. Love that. Yeah, that's incredible. I my personal answers would def uh, Danny Brown's Atrocity Exhibition definitely comes to mind immediately. It's one of my favorite album covers of all time. Uh, I think album covers that are special are ones that the album cover looks exactly how the album sounds. Uh, my favorite, which I think is just such a good album cover art, but also, again, like you said, relates to the album really well, is uh, the album cover for Depart From uh, Depart From Me by Cage. Depart, oh my God, throwback. Depart From Me from Cage with the, uh, yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, that's a very, that's. It's really brutal. It's like a representation of like, you know, being ripped apart, essentially, yeah. by your uh, in insights and he's very vulnerable on that album yeah um, so that tracks he, he does a really good job like i love how he explains mental illness through violence 
you know what I'm saying? Like he, like, like he explains the concepts of feeling anxious, depressed, suicidal in like the most gory and like raw way. That's like, yeah, this shit is not like a fucking trend. It's not a gimmick. He's like, I actually want someone to fucking rip my eyes out and slit my throat. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like that level of like just incorporating violence and gore into metaphors for, for mental health to where it's not trendy. It's, it's violent and it's sad and it's brutal. And that's what the album cover shows. One of my favorite album covers of all time um, is a really new record. I mean, it's from like two years ago Um, or actually just a year ago. Holy shit. Um, But uh, every moment, everything you need um, is the album. And it's by a band called Deserta. That's one of my favorite album covers. Um, It's it's an album cover that's just like so pretty and neat that like I would hang it on my wall as just an art piece. I can see that (laughs) Um, for sure. It's it's I love it. Um, Shout out to like iconic album covers as well. Even if they're not ones that I like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon. Um, Metallica, Ride the Lightning. Metallica, Ride the Lightning is a good one. Nirvana's. uh, Yeah. Yeah. The Nirvana, the baby. Yeah. Never mind. Never mind. That's what's called. Um, That's iconic. Um, Yeah. There's tons of uh, like iconic album covers. Gorillaz, I think. Their Demon Days cover is pretty iconic. You think so? I think so, yeah. I think they're, it's iconic because other bands have copied it, mm. <laughs> taken that exact style, and they're like, it's get it. It's like the Gorillaz one. Like, yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, Deftones, like, they're self titled, which it, their self titled record is my favorite record of theirs. Um, and every time I tell other Deftones fans that, they go, oh, God, are you okay? Because <laughs> it's their most dark and depressing. But, um, uh, the reason I just can't vibe with the cover that much is because it just reminds me of Guns N' Roses. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> they had all the, I get that. you know, flowers and skulls and stuff. So, right. Um, but yeah, my favorites, you know, are definitely um, the ones I mentioned. Yeah. Atrocity it's, Exhibition. I, I think it is interesting that, that like my favorite artists don't have my favorite cover art. Like I wouldn't put any of Childish Gambino's in my top five. I wouldn't put, I wouldn't even put like the Channel Orange you know what I'm saying? Like I, that's one of my top five albums, not one of my top five album cover arts. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I do like the blonde cover. The blonde cover's pretty good. That one's good. going to be uh, iconic in, in the future. And I think, uh, speaking of Charles Gambino, bro, Camp is one of the worst album covers I've ever seen. Yeah. It's terrible. It's horrible. It's fucking 2009 Photoshop fucking uh, I impact font. Like <laughs> it's bullshit bad. ass. Yeah. yeah. It's bad, but the it's, album it's is top fucking, text, bottom text. <laughs> right, top text, bottom text. It's, he made that in memeatic, like, yeah, for oof. sure. But yeah, anyways, um, moving on to the next question. Man, I could talk about that one all day. We got to move right. on. <laughs> and this is going to be our last question. The last question. This was a question that we discussed on the last pod, but the last episode, but it got cut. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> what would be the easiest country to overthrow? <laughs> Now, Listen, th- yeah. what ended up happening, on I'll, I'll just be completely honest with you guys. The reason why I got cut from the last episode is the conversation went from the easiest <laughs> country to overthrow to just the countries we want to overthrow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, maybe we shouldn't And do it was, it. you know, it was obviously for like dumb. It like, got off the rails. It got like, off the rails with like silly, especially because, you know, I made like a passing joke about, well, I don't like French food. <laughs> you know, right, so yeah. it, came, it kind of became a silly bit almost. My actual answer, you know, it's like. My first answer is going to always be 
United States. And like I say that in a way of like it, we're just extremely easy to divide. So you can just divide us could, by saying we could overthrow ourselves. Exactly. You we, we, we'll, you don't have to do anything. We will self implode. Isn't that what Russia's been doing? For the I mean, months? honestly, yeah. yeah. I mean, so, when you think about it. Um, and yeah, you just do it through any sort of media and and uh, politics, and then boom, we'll just self implode. So right, that's definitely you know up there. I mean, I think the actual answer for the easiest is the Vatican. Which I would, because fuck pedophiles and fuck the Vatican for how many pedophiles they've protected. Um, and they're just like, what, the size of a city, so. Bars. I mean, how hard would it be? Like, like what resources am I given? The American uh, military? Yeah. All, how about 90% of the countries on the planet? They're the easiest. They're all equally as easy <laughs> because we have the American, uh, you know, military. So. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I think that's that's the answer to me is the Vatican, if that counts as a country, which, uh, you know, it does. Yeah, I think it is. Isn't it like the smallest country? Uh, it has to be, right? Yeah. It'd be like throw, overthrowing Washington, D.C., which almost yeah, happened yeah. with a bunch of fucking rednecks. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true, though. A bunch of fucking Karens and then weirdly uh, a, 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 a comedian that was in a bunch of stuff we loved. Fun fact. Right. Uh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that... <laughs> It's a shit. A bunch of rednecks almost did it. Uh, yeah, the Vatican is probably the the answer, um, right? Just based on scientific. I mean, I mean, we got more people. We have more. People, Everybody has more, more guns. People. Yeah, I don't think they would try and kill us back because they're all religious. Yeah, I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, we might get in trouble with the cartel. They're pretty Catholic. So there you have it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you to everyone who submitted questions yes. and allowed us to do uh, this part two. I hope this satisfies you guys for a while. We will be doing a movie review soon, as soon as the movie comes out. Um, <laughs> uh, listen, this weekend was brutal with uh, with the movies, so uh, this felt like it would be more fun for us, which it was. Uh you guys can get involved in the conversation. Hit us up. Let us know what your favorite documentary is. Let us know what your opinions of our opinions are. Uh, let's hey, let's debate about food. Fuck it, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, uh, you can go. What is your up. least favorite trend of yeah. food? What, huh? Yeah. How much do you love onions? <laughs> uh, <laughs> you can catch us up. You can catch us up. You can catch us up on your life if you just want to reach out. <laughs> you can do that on Instagram, TikTok, and. X. X. That's at Wild Dream Pod on all three of those platforms. Uh, we thank you guys for everything. We love you. We kiss you. Mwah. And Mwah. we will see you next time. See you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.